granted, with many authorities having a different policy when it came to allowing ex-offenders to drive cabs. Train journey times between northern English cities could be slashed under proposals put forward by the head of the high-speed two-rail project. HS3, as it's been called, would involve multi-billion pound improvements to services across the Pennines, primarily between Leeds and Manchester. A report setting out costs, options for the routes and a possible timescale will be published next March. The RNLI is to carry out a review into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. They were among seven surfers who got into trouble in the sea at Morgan Porth near Newquay. The RNLI says lifeguards are on duty there from March to September. Our correspondent John Kay has sent this report from the scene. Although there were some large waves at the time of the incident, people here say sea conditions were not unusually rough when the surfers got into difficulty. A local man and woman in their 40s were pulled from the sea and later pronounced dead, along with another man in his 50s who's not thought to be from Cornwall. Four children, who are believed to have been with the adult surfers, managed to escape from the water. The Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Pro-Western parties dominated the country's first parliamentary election since his predecessor was overthrown. Three men accused of raiding a jeweller's in Milton Keynes will appear at Aylesbury Crown Court today. The trio from London and Wolverhampton are charged with conspiracy to burgle Leslie Davies jewellers last week. They're also charged with a similar raid on several stores in August at a shopping centre in Watford. In football, Chelsea were denied the chance to go six points clear at the top of the Premier League table after they were held to a one-all draw at Manchester United. Newcastle came from behind to beat Tottenham 2-1 at White Hart Lane and Everton have moved up to ninth in the Premier League table after a 3-1 win at Burnley. And the weather, any isolated mist patches this morning will soon clear, leaving a fine and dry day with long spells of sunshine developing. It will be breezy at times, but despite the breeze, it will still feel quite warm in the sunshine with maximum temperatures of 18 Celsius. That's 64 Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'll be back with headlines at half six. Right, hang on. Yes. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Today I meet Kath Philby, author of Breast Cancer, A Journey Through Fear and Empowerment. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Dean Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, that was exciting. We were in a studio that was, that was, that was... Well, it sounded like it was being used by the same guy that made the Boney M records. We were phasing all over the shop. Don't tell Jonathan Vernon-Smith, but I've nicked his studio now. What's he going to do about it? Kick off. Right, let's see if I can work out how to use this. Uh, Kelly's here. Morning, Kelly. Good morning. And Kath is not here. Good morning. <laughs> 
Kath's not an old man. Oh, sorry. Although, in many ways, her attitude is similar to that of an old man. Um, and so you're being Kath. Yes. Who's being you? Me. Well, that's no, that means we're, we're a man down. Yes, has anybody seen Claire? Anybody seen Irish Claire? Probably can't do the accent anymore. Well, she can, she's she Irish. Can, she's Irish, yeah. Oh, lots coming up on the show this morning. I'll tell you what, after this. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Is the thing we're having a few technical <coughs> issues. So what? What's your beef? What's your problem? We may only be coming out of one speaker, in which case, you know, it's tough, isn't it? What are you doing, Scoins? I'm just repositioning your computer. You're screen. making my technical beef beefier. <laughs> Now listen, an investigation by this programme has found that taxi drivers in the three counties with criminal convictions for violent assaults, carrying weapons and even a threat to kill. Earlier this year, Milton Keynes Council was found to have granted a licence to a man it knew had committed a series of horrific rapes in the 1990s. But it turns out this could be more widespread. Our political reporter Paul Scoins has been investigating. What sort of uh, offences have come up, Paul? Well, nothing as dramatic and serious as that, Ian, which is reassuring. But throughout the whole of the area, there are a number of taxi drivers, I think it's around uh, uh, sort of 70 to 100, who have been granted licences despite having various criminal convictions. Now, a lot of those are for driving offences. You might expect that. They're taxi drivers, they drive around a lot, there's speeding, there's... um, Some of them are actually driving without licences, driving under the influence. But there are others, so there are some, like, possession in Stevenage. They've got a a driver who, in 1998, served a nine-month sentence for possession of a drug intent to supply. Um, There's a lot of actual bodily harm, which is effectively serious Mm. uh, violence offences. In Milton Keynes, you've got ones for harassment. That was in uh, last year. Uh, Blackmail was somebody served a 15-month sentence in 2009. A couple of offences. Possession of an offensive weapon uh, in Luton. So these are quite unpleasant. Give us the Luton ones in a second. But these are quite unpleasant things that that, that people have done that you wouldn't... You wouldn't want to share a cab with, with a lot of these gentlemen, would you? Well, I mean, on the face of it, they don't look very good, do they? And, uh, you know, you've got threats to kill in Luton as well. That was only a 12-month uh, community order, though, so you wonder about the seriousness of that. If, yeah. if I was oh, I'm going to kill you or whatever. So? Um, I'm not going to... OK. But the, 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 the onus is of, of the kind of a driver is to tell the uh, authority what what's what they've got convictions for and then the authority is supposed to make a judgment on that and of course different places have different rules well this is it the policies differ from place to place that's happening here as well isn't it mm. so if you look around the, the patch um some are stronger than others a lot of them would refuse any sort of uh, sexual um offense up to the age of uh, up to the sort of length of time since the offense of 10 years however others are different so you might find in some places where it's five years. So Hartsmere, for example, who incidentally didn't tell me uh, any of their offences, um, normally refused for five years, and then they would issue a strict warning notice mm. to that person if they did grant them a licence. Whereas there are others... Uh, the old strict warning notice is down, don't you be naughty with any of the passengers. Broxbourne, who have 15 drivers driving around with convictions, although I don't know what, uh, they said they couldn't tell me because of data protection laws... Um, they say that for in, anybody convicted of indecency would not get a licence. Mm. Uh, and that is actually the strongest sort of decision against a sexual offence for a taxi driver of any of our authorities. That is, by and far, the, the clearest guidance to an officer or for, to, to a councillor. You will not get a, a, a licence mm. if you've had that. So th- that is the sort of... There's, there's some really interesting sort of different sort of... Uh, 
the, the attitudes, I guess, from different councils from place to place. Um, the most serious offence, if you like, is, is GBH. Um, that is a sort of very serious wounding, a life-changing injury. Uh, 2001 uh, in Luton, and that was a three-year prison sentence at that point as well. So you kind of, you know, but a lot of these uh, offences, Ian, happened a long time ago. So we were talking about some which were in the 70s, some in the 80s, some were recent. Mm. But 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 a lot of these happened a long time ago and and would fit within the rules. You know the the um, uh, the uh, I think it's called the Rehabilitation of Offenders Act, 1974. Well, that actually just sets out that if you've uh, if you've committed a murder, you there is a period of about ten years before you can do something like this. Uh, if you've done you know very serious sexual offences, the same t- there as well. But they also set out a gradient. So mm. if the offence is less, then the time is less. Um, and that is something, I suppose, that uh, Rachel Griffin, who's from the Susie Lamplew Trust, is concerned about. This should be consistently across the whole country. All of us should know, anyone who gets into a minicab um, or, or a hackney carriage, a taxi, needs to know that we're getting into the car, a car with somebody safe. It shouldn't be somebody safe because you're in Milton Keynes, but not if you're in Luton or vice versa. It should be a standard of, of safety across the whole country. Uh, what's been the reaction of campaigners to this story, Paul? Well, you've also had, aside from them, they've had the, the local government association who think there should be a national guidance that sets out uh, uh, the rules for councils. I've heard from uh, an independent licensing expert who says that uh, there doesn't need to be a national guidance but all councils should do the same thing but they should decide that at a local level. But what we see here is that you could feasibly have had uh, an offence conviction for a sexual offence and in in, where is it? In uh, Hartsmere you could probably get away with getting a licence after five years whereas in St Albans it would be potentially 12 years so you kind of do wonder what the consistency is mm. around the patch and of course that's going to make people who you know, are getting into cabs a little bit wary that maybe you know you could go from one authority to another and if you've been refused uh, somewhere you could go somewhere else and say oh well you know and you and you entirely legitimately be um, accepted into into getting a license paul we'll have more on this out the show if you want to have your say 08459 555555 let's get the travel news now here's james travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio Anti-clockwise on the sensors, uh, 25 round to 24 into the roadworks is uh, where it's queuing this morning already, we can see there. Uh, it's not too bad on the M1, checking the cameras, can't see any problems. Looking good on the A1M as well as the A5 and the A6. If you're heading onto the trains, generally a good service. Metropolitan line, though, into London, uh, running with minor delays because of a fault on the track down at Wembley Park. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. It's Monday the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Taxi drivers with convictions for violent assaults, carrying weapons and even a threat to kill have been granted licences, according to a BBC Three Counties investigation. The RNLI is to carry out a review into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. And in London, any isolated mispatches this morning will soon clear leaving a fine and dry day. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Bueller. 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 
Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. And we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bueller. Bueller.
lyrics written by by who wrote the lyrics to that song? Jonathan King. Can you do us a favour, dear listener? It's sounding all too cock in my ear. We've swapped studios and it's still sounding um, uh, digger-dum-dum to me. Could you give us a call? What's our phone number, Kels? I was so long at the other place, I can't remember our number. The other place? What? Huh? Uh, mm? See, Bula? it sounds terrible in my ear when you come on, partly because oh. you've got a very annoying, whining voice. I know. But then what the signal seems to, to split. Uh, what's our phone number? 08459 yes. 455 555. Can you give us a call? Yeah, I know. All right. Can you give us a call and let us know... If the radio's working, yeah, that's. I mean, that's it, really, because it sounds it sounds awful to me. But then again, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's pretty ropey. Yeah, pretty ropey show today. Uh, the, the one time we could do with uh, Catherine Boyle. Yeah, who? Catherine. You remember her? Oh, I think so. The, the short, dark lady with the yeah. attitude. The lady with oh, the attitude. Yes, yes, yes. yes you yes. know her. Yeah. The one time we could do with a grown-up in, and there weren't no, no grown-ups in apart from Scoines. Yeah, but he don't count. He's busy playing with his train set. At least I hope that's a train. <laughs> Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is radio working today, please? That's that's all we need to know from you. Thank you very much. Now, British troops have formally ended their military operation in Afghanistan. Control of their last and largest base, Camp Bastion, was handed over to Afghan forces in a ceremony yesterday. So, was it worth the fight? Well, our reporter, Matt Lockwood, has been speaking to an Afghan who's been living in Luton for ten years. Abdullah Khan told him education is the key to changing hearts and not weapons. Waste of money. Our pay tax money, like, I pay my money and tax weekly, and all the money go to these things. War is best to just bring the peace and no fight with each other, because life come once. So you think the war in Afghanistan was a complete waste of time then? Ah, uh, yeah, waste of time and just kill innocent people. I'm from Afghanistan and just the people there just, you know, they should spend these money on the people to help the poor people. You can bring like peace with the dialogue, with talking to them, not with the gun. You will never bring someone, you, you can't make a person nice with the gun. You have to talk to him, you have to make him nice in the talk way. Give him money, get education, no with the weapons. It's just waste money. Yeah. So you said you're from Afghanistan. Yeah. How did you find yourself in Luton then? Oh, uh, Luton is a nice place. I come here, I was before I was a bad person, yeah. When I come here, I get education. Now my brain like thinks, yeah, this is right, this is wrong. The same thing in Afghanistan. If you use war, if you fight, the country will be never be settled. The people will be just always fighting to each other. The best thing, spend this money on education and the people will be okay. Like this, the example is me. I was a bad person, I was working in the streets. I come here, get education. Everything now. Yeah. Of, uh, now I know what to do. Which one? Which one to good weapon or like education? You said you were a bad person. What do you mean by that exactly? Like a uh, bad person. Like uh, is not in the wrong way, but uh, I was an unqualification person. Like I, I had no qualification. I was thinking bad. I say yeah, Taliban's are right and this and this. But when I get a qualification, then I know which one is right, which one is wrong. So the best thing, qualification is the most important, not war. You will never make a person fixed with the weapon. The best thing with the education, this is. And you, Malala said this as well, you maybe know Malala as well. Yeah, so the, my, my advice, the, in the future they will attack another countries as well. 
the best thing improve the education there will be no fight in the world well what do you think was it a, a good um, uh, uh, use of money a good u- use of lives oh eight four five nine four double five five double five chris is in biggleswick good morning chris good morning there chris i'm having terrible trouble doing the radio today is it sounding all right well, you sounded a bit ropey when you first started in your main studio, but now you've changed. You sound perfect, mate. Does it? Well, you're, 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 I think you're exaggerating slightly, but, but it's coming through crystal clear. Crystal clear. Chris, it's it's thrown me completely. This, I feel, I feel. Um, it's a word I don't use very often because it's pretentious, but I feel discombobulated. I feel out of sorts. I feel a bit queer. Might be a little bit ill, mate. Oh, you, you never know. Chris, thank you. John's in Dunstable. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ian. What's going on with the radio, mate? Well, I'm on digital and it's absolutely fine. Coming out of both speakers loud and clear. Oh, blimey. Bl- blimey. Maybe I've gone nuts over the weekend, then. That's a distinct possibility. Uh, most definitely, Ian, yeah. Oh, flip it. Hey, John, listen, while we've got you on, right, we have a, we have a, a, a dilemma. Well, I say we, it's Justin Dealey, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, because this will totally scupper his chances of, of it happening. Justin bought... It was his birthday at the weekend. He was 42 years old, and he treated himself to a nice new jacket. Very, very smart, very stylish. He's wearing it today, but it's got a rip on it. And he said, oh, it's got a rip. I'll take it back. And I said, well, you can't, but you can't wear it. If, it's got a, if you're going to take it back, you can't wear it. He shouldn't be wearing that jacket, should he? No, absolutely not. Take it straight back. My concern is, is if he's wearing that, and because they, they'll know he's he's wearing it, because it'll stink of fags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he shouldn't wear it. Not if he's a smoker as well. Yes. You never know. He might have been in the pub with it at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, John, thank you very much indeed. I suspect he was. I suspect he was in the boozer at the weekend. You can't wear something you're going to take back. No, I mean. Is he going to walk in there wearing it <laughs> and then say, look, it's got a bit of a rip? I want to, uh, I want to take this back. 08459 455. It's an odd start to the... It'll pick up. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the vibe at the moment. But we'll pick the vibe the up. Vibe's coming. The, the vibe, vibe is coming. The vibe is totes coming. And also, we've got a cracking story about St Albans football team. If you're a St Albans fan, do you, do you, can, can you come on and tell the story better than I ever could? It's a cracking story about their star player. Morning, Beulah! Morning, Beulah! Good morning! Claire's turn up. It's a cracking story about their star player. Uh, and if you're aware of it, 08459 455 555. Because it's quite remarkable what he did or, or what he didn't do. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC so. Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise already slow this morning if you're heading between junctions 25 Enfield and 24 Potters Bar. Queues into the roadworks we've seen on the sensors and cameras. Clockwise is moving along very well from what I can see and no problems to report on the A1M or the M40. M1 southbound's looking heavy now on the sensors heading down towards the Hemel uh, turn off and uh, uh, that's 8 to 7 slow moving. A414 looks okay at the moment at Park Street. Heading into London on the Metropolitan Line, well minor delays because of a fault on the track at Wembley Park and Great Northern trains aren't stopping at Essex Road Station in London because of problems with the power supply. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Giza. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
half past six with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. Taxi drivers with convictions for violent assaults, carrying weapons and even a threat to kill have been granted taxi licences according to a BBC Three Counties radio investigation. A Freedom of Information request showed convictions included carrying weapons like metal bars and knives and in one case a threat to kill another person. Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. They were among seven surfers who got into trouble in the sea near Newquay. The Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Pro-Western parties dominated the country's first parliamentary election since his predecessor was overthrown. And the weather, mist patches will clear this morning, leaving a fine and dry day with long spells of sunshine. It will feel breezy at times, but despite the breeze, it will still feel quite warm in the sunshine with maximum temperatures of 18 Celsius. That's 64 Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio. The sports news now. A stoppage time equaliser from Robin van Persie denied Chelsea the chance to go six points clear at the top of the Premier League table as they were held to a one all draw at Manchester United. Van Persie says United were the better side. Overall, we had more chances than them, but you have to score them. They have a great keeper and we have a great keeper as well. So it was a bit up and down, but, but, but overall we had the more chances. So um, it was a bit frustrating to be, yeah, to be one nil down. Newcastle United came from a goal down to win 2-1 at Tottenham. Everton have moved up to ninth in the table after a 3-1 win at Burnley. And in the Premier League tonight, bottom of the table, Queen's Park Rangers host Aston Villa. On Saturday, Luton scored late on to win 1-0 against Northampton at Kenilworth Road. The win puts Luton top of League Two. But striker Luke Gutteridge said they won't be getting carried away. It's brilliant for the uh, for the football club and it's brilliant uh, for the fans. But as as uh, players and you know, I'm sure the manager now said, absolutely, means absolutely nothing at the moment. We're in October. In rugby in the European Champions Cup, Harlequins beat Wasps 23-16 at Adams Park. Elsewhere, Leinster were 21-16 winners away at Castra. Sale were beaten 35-3 at clermont Auvergne, And Racing Metro were 26-10 winners over Italian side Treviso. And there was late drama. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Ah, oh, Barry. 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 I'm back. I have one more to give you. No, I know. Okay. I, listen, I'm really sorry. The whole show is completely to cock this morning, Barry. The, the first studio didn't work. I've come in this studio and I can barely hear a thing. Although I suspect that may just be me going deaf. deaf. And, and now I'm hitting the buttons at the wrong time. I apologise, Mr Caffrey. You've got one more story. Let's hope it's a good one. There was late drama in the NFL game what? at Wembley. Not, oh, mate, that's not even a proper sport. Well, they were playing yesterday afternoon. There American was football. 60,000 people there, I think. American football in mm. London. What's, what's the local connection? Wembley's northwest London, isn't oh. it? We're not too far away. No, I'm gonna, I'm, with, with the respect, I'm going to tell you to walk away from that story. OK, I will. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, guys. Did I just do... Did I just... I'm so sorry. We're all over the shop this morning. And I, I I will take a significant amount of the responsibility for it. Don't you worry about that. But... Was I right then, Kels? No one is interested in American... NFL, that means National Football League. That's American football, isn't it? 
Sure. No, what? Huh? No one's interested in American football in this country, apart from a few idiots. 08459 455 555. Prove me wrong if, uh, if you'd like. No one's interested in American football, are they? It's silly. It was big for about 20 minutes in 1984 when Nicky Horn, remember him, uh, presented a show on, on Channel 4, Button 4, about it. But no one likes American football. It's a ridiculous sport. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's a very odd show this morning. Thanks for joining us. We'll get the vibe. We'll get the vibe. Don't you worry. It's a... Katie Price says, looking at the newspapers. Oh, hang on a second. Andy's on the line. Morning, Andy. Morning. You interested in American football? Definitely not. Of course not. It's a, it's a stupid sport. It's yes. it's rugby for lightweights. Yes. All that padding, those big ma- helmets and, and padding. Oh, get out of here, girls. Go on, girls. Go off and play over there. Let the boys play a proper sport. Great conversation, Andy. What can I do for you? Yeah, just inform me. There's an accident on the M1 southbound, just past Junction 10. Oh. Um, there's a lorry in the outside lane, and everything's at a standstill. Oh, flipping heck. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, we know. Thank you. It was good, wasn't it? Has ev- no, thank you, Andy. And we appreciate your travel updates. Of course we do. Of course we do. I think, it's, I think it must be me this morning, girls. Uh, I must be emitting a very strange vibe because normally, you know, the, 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 it's just not happening. That, me and Andy there, we should have been riffing like nobody's business about the old American football and it's just not happened. Mm. Katie Price is going to, wants to become a dame. A dame, a great dame. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. Thanks. We'll have that. Thanks. Katie Price is practicing her best curtsy in the hope the Queen will make her. Why do women curtsy and men bow? It can't be because um, the Queen would see your bum because she would always be in front of you, and you'd have to be wearing a really short skirt for um, your bummage to be viewed by anybody. Do women curtsy because they they, they have their skirt? So they pretend this is a skirt, and yep. then you sort of. You, That's a curtsy. Yeah, I know what a curtsy is. You don't need to. You, you don't need to illustrate skirt. a curtsy. Men can't bow because they not. They don't wear skirts. Men do bow. I mean, curtsy. What? Huh? The model. Oh, that's what she does. Thirty-six. Queen. No, um, Katie Price. Oh right. Has her eye on the honour after Angelina Jolie's award earlier this month? Well, hang on a second. Angelina Jolie has made some excellent movies. No, Angelina Jolie has made some movies. Mm. She's kissed me in Canada. And um, she's also uh, an ambassador for the United Nations against, I think, is it violence against women or something? Katie Price is an ambassador for herself and boobs. Promoting uh, her new book, Make My Wish Come True, uh, she said, Dame Katie Price, it has a nice ring to it. Well, make your own jokes up, guys. (laughs) But I've come to the conclusion that whatever I do that is good, it's never recognised. Well, what have you done that's good? Let's get her on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. So when you say let's get her on, you mean could you phone in, please, Katie Price? Yeah, if you're listening. She'll be busy looking after her kids and making another one. But then she'll be up. My personal life and pictures of my breasts tend to distract from the good work that I do. Mm. Well, st- I know what. Stop having pictures taken of your breasts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I met Katie Price. She's absolutely delightful. Speaking of uh, delightful women, these are not. Now I'm not. I've not got a thing against pregnant women. 
Before before you start jumping on that old conclusion, start writing stories in your local rags, oh, Ian slags off pregnant women, I am going to, but I haven't got a thing against them. But this is disgusting. Catwalk babes. Mummy's bear. Uh, so basically, there's a fashion show, right? And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thirteen, unlucky for some. <laughs> pregnant women... All um, parading around in their pants and stocking. They've, got, they've all got suzzies on, high heels. They're all trying to look sexy. This isn't quite what we're expecting. Pregnant lingerie models on the catwalk. The glitter-daubed mums-to-be showcase bras and knickers for you. The first maternity brand to put on a fashion show at Lingerie Week in New York. We don't know how long models take off to have kids, but we might bump into them again on, on, on the brat walk. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I think it could look nice yeah. if they were wearing normal underwear that normal pregnant women would wear and not the, the sort of underwear that they are wearing with stockings and heels. It looks a bit why, weird. Why would you wear... I mean, listen, guys, because you, you dress like that because you want to look sexy. But pregnant women aren't sexy. There's no, they're not sexy. Mm. Can you say that? You have said could it. Could you say that for me and I'll be outraged? Okay, I'll do it in your voice. Yeah. Pregnant woman uh, can't look sexy. <sighs> you can't say that, Kelly. Why? Because pregnant women are hot. They're not. I don't get... Some are. No, they're Some not. Some are. I hate that thing. Right? I hate. It's a miracle of life. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. So are you saying that if a woman is hot yeah. and then gets pregnant, she's no longer hot? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally. So when your wife was pregnant, were you a bit like, oh? Yeah. Yeah, of course I was. Wow. They do that thing as well. Why, why do pregnant women always do that thing? Where Not always. Why do a tiny um, minority of pregnant <laughs> women do that thing where they go, yeah, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a naked picture of me taken with one arm hiding my boobies, yeah. one arm, well, the, the, the baby bump hiding uh, me downstairs, uh, and I'm going to... Why would you do that? I think it looks nice, especially when they make it in black and white. No, it's... Come on, you're if too... If it's for them in their home, they don't have to show everyone else. You're too young to remember Athena. Athena was a very poncy shop in the early 90s, along with another shop called Is But Is It Art? And all, and all their stock in trade was, was pictures of naked men holding babies. You couldn't do that now, thank God. Their uh, own babies. Who knows? No, it was quite often... Do you remember this, guys? It was, guys, it was quite often a white guy with a black baby. Oh, I have seen Or a black guy with a white baby. Yeah, because that's not weird. Naked men holding babies that obviously aren't their own. That's not weird, is it? But then they'd also have um, the pregnant woman picture. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I'm not, no. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a, and here's something. Well, maybe we can send um, Just Out on this. There are no aliens in the galaxy, insists Professor Cox. Now, my mum loves Cox. Honestly, she will not stop talking about Cox. But this has really put me off, Cox. Because there is no intelligent alien life in the galaxy apart from us, according to scientist Brian Cox. He said humans only exist because of a series of flukes. That is well fluky. But there's got to be alien life out there. It's a mathematical certainty, isn't it? I think... can't believe I'm expecting a sensible answer from Kelly Betts on this. (laughs) And she's doing her sensible voice. (laughs) You don't need to. No, I agree with you, basically. Thanks very much. Bye.
Miss you, Davey. I had a wee next to Davy Jones once. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know the rules of the urinal, gentlemen. You never stand in between two men. And I walked away from the two. There was a gap in between two men. I walked away and I thought, hang on, one of those men is Davy Jones of the Monkeys. I'm standing in the middle and I'm joining in that wee. I didn't know there were rules like that. Oh, yeah, there totally rules in the toilet. If the, you, you never go and stand next to another man at a urinal. So this was a three-way urinal. There was a guy at one end, middle one was empty, Davy Jones was at the other end. So I did what you're supposed to do, is I went to the cubicle. I thought, man, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I went and stood in the middle. Of course, all gentlemen will know I was unable to wee then. Uh, and I had to stage pretend... Right. Stage fright. And I had to pretend that I had weed, and I did the, the, the kind of... Did, did you go... <laughs> no, I didn't make the noise. You just kind of... Um, you just pull the face, and then you do the little knee bend. You have in... a wee face? But yeah, of course. What? Of course I have a wee. Everyone has a wee face. Wow. The worst thing ever. I'm learning so much. When I stayed on holiday, stayed uh, on uh, Greece once on holiday, opposite you shut the bathroom door, and opposite the toilet was a full-length mirror. Ah. So I got to see my face. It was horrible, oh. horrible. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, on the southbound M1, there's just been an accident between 10 and 9. That's Luton Airport down to the Redbourne and Whipsnay turn-off. understand that five cars, two vans and a lorry involved. Three lanes are shut on the London-bound M1, just south of the Luton Airport. Uh, uh, can't see it on camera, but uh, thanks to, amongst others, Martin for the calls. Queues building up on the sensors, we can see. And it's very heavy also southbound on the M1 towards Junction 7. M25 anti-clockwise is slow from 25 Enfield towards 24 Potters Bar into the roadworks, and it's building up now 21 to 20 that's the M1 round towards Kings Langley just getting word of an accident now on the southbound A1M at junction 10 Stotfolds. early reports of that accident any updates do call us and on the trains uh, not too bad at all for trains through the three counties Great Northern aren't stopping at Essex Road in London because of problems with the power supply and the reminder delays on the Metropolitan Line because of a fault on the track down at Wembley Park James Worley BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you James We'll have updates on that M1 situation throughout the morning. Right now it's 6.46. It's Monday the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A freedom of information request by BBC Three Counties Radio has revealed taxi drivers with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences. And Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin Dealey. We'll give him the pick of the stories to see what he fancies. But before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we have a very pleasant day to start off the week today. So we've got a fairly bright start for most of us and also lots of blue sky around through the day. Any any cloud that is around first thing is likely to, to disappear quite quickly. We have had a southerly wind, but it's because of that wind that we're starting to drop all this lovely warm air from the continent. So we are looking at temperatures reaching the high teens. And tonight, a largely clear night, continuing to be mild with lows between 11 and 14 degrees and a similar day tomorrow. So it 
will become increasingly cloudy later on, but still plenty of sunshine in, in spells at least uh, before that happens with highs of 18 degrees Celsius. Now we have a bit of a blip on Wednesday. We've got a front pushing through, so that's going to bring outbreaks of just fairly light rain though. Um, but the temperatures do, do dip a little on Wednesday, but they recover again on Thursday. A fairly cloudy day on Thursday and then a wet day on Friday, but most of the week we're still looking at temperatures being well above what they should be for this time of year. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning, local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's... Rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
geezer. Get a life, man. Tell us what you're doing right now. Wiggling it. Geezer. Imagine doing it all night long, Justin. Oh, imagine. I, I Just imagine. I haven't got the energy these days. Uh, UK number one back in 1980. The it, summer of 1980. What a summer that was. Oh, I, was I was seven, you were 12. <laughs> Happy birthday for the weekend, boss. Thank you very much indeed. I appreciate that, princess. Now, what's going on with this jack of yours? Uh, what would you mean? Well, your coat, your coat you've got that yeah. you, is damaged goods. You're going to take it back, but you're out there wearing it now, probably having a growler. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, well, you see, it's my view. It, on Saturday, I received the jacket. And uh, late Saturday after the football, I thought, oh, there's a slight rip in the stitching. Not a yeah. big hole or anything like that. So I thought, yeah. well, I'll take that back. Well, I'll take it back later on. I'm just getting one more wear out of the jacket before I swap Mate, it over. But you can't do that. You yes, can't... you can. No, you can't. Damaged goods are damaged goods. Exactly. If I took it back on Saturday or today, it's still going to be damaged. But you've been wearing it. And? Well, you shouldn't be wearing it. Well, they shouldn't have given it to me in a damaged state. What's your beef? Blimey. All right. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of a couple of things for you, Just. Yeah, I like the aliens one. Is that is that what you, the, the two I've got right? And you mm. you, you take your pick today because because Mum's not here. Cat's off this week. Sick notes not uh, not turned up. So uh, we've got um, Cox. Uh, you like Cox, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, Cox says that there are no there are no aliens. There's no intelligent alien life form in the galaxy apart from us, says scientist Brian Cox. Mm. Um, if there was an E.T.-style race of aliens out there, we would have found evidence by now. Well, no, we wouldn't necessarily. There'd be millions and billions of light years away. Cox is wrong. Thank you. And the other story, all these pregnant mums-to-be modelling in their pants and stock- stockings, their suzzies. I don't, I don't find... And um, yeah. Sisters, listen, please. I don't find hmm. the, um, the pregnant woman attractive. Why? Because I, I just think it's... I, I just think it... Look, there we go. I'm going to get in trouble now. Um, I just don't... It's not a sexy look. I, th- I, th- I tell you what it is. As soon as they become pregnant with a child, <laughs> uh, they become... Um, oh, God, I'm going to do such terrible <laughs> Come on, language. come on. They become a machine. Wow. <laughs> that become, is quite extraordinary. No, and it's... No, it's not. It's not, actually. I can argue this, but I can argue this very, very well. Mm-hmm. The change is psychological and prob- probably chemical because we are programmed to impregnate women. Okay, yeah, that's what we yeah. are genetically programmed for. Once, here we go. I'm getting, my, getting myself out come of this. On, come on. Once they are impregnated, then that bit of the brain shuts off. We no longer find them sexually attractive because the purpose has been served. It's genetics. It's not sexism. Mm, you see, you know, I'm a big Coronation Street fan. Carla Connor. 
who's had a very tough time recently, by the way. Uh, when she was in real preg- life or on the soap? Uh, on the soap. Okay. But uh, in real life, uh, about two years ago, she was pregnant, and she was about three or four months pregnant. She was still filming, and I thought, wow, do you know what? You have gone up even higher in my estimations wow. as, an, as a pregnant woman. Whew, she was hot, some, steaming. Some, pe- some people find the glow of pregnancy attractive, but I it, do. Just, it, it, it switches off a part of my brain, and oh. I'm like, would you like a cup of tea? Do you want to sit? Do you want to sit down? I'll go make you a cup of tea. Do you want some coal to lick? Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, no, it does. It does nothing for me. I find them quite attractive. Which one of those do you want to go for, boss? I think I'll go for Aliens for the time being. Good lad. All right. And maybe a bit of uh, St Albans later on. John Friendo, their star striker. Oh, this is a brilliant yeah. story. This is so great. St Albans. If you're a football fan, um, almost one thousand turned up on Saturday. That was their biggest gate for for years. And FA actually, Cup, fact, wasn't it? Yeah, their biggest gate in the FA Cup for almost twenty years. Yeah. And uh, their star striker, John Friendo, yeah. um, for some reason, said, well, I, I can't go to the game, I can't play. Uh, from what I believe, uh, the club thought he was going to a family function. Oh, no, he was in Spain watching Real Madrid versus Barcelona for this huge game. So he bunked off the game oh. that he's paid to play in oh. to go and watch a football game abroad. So this is, this is the way the story was told to me, is that his, his, yeah, his girlfriend bought him tickets to go off and see another football match. Really important match for St Albans. He's their star striker and mm. kind of you know, he, he sort of, he may not have sent a text, I'm embellishing slightly, but sends a little text going, sorry, can't make it today guys, bye! <laughs> Absolutely. And he nicks off. Uh, when have you been let down by your friends or your colleagues? 08459 455 555. Mm, quite extraordinary stuff. And that weird vibe in Luton this morning. Why? Never quite seen this before. Uh, somebody in a pair of grey tracksuit bottoms Wowzers. with a suit jacket on. Interesting vibe. Because <laughs> 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 I always feel dirty yeah. when I wear a pair of jeans and a suit jacket. Oh, beat this one this morning. I and always, they were really baggy as well. Oh, God, really? Yeah. See, when I do that, I always feel a little bit Clarkson. Because <laughs> yes. that's that, the, the suit jacket and the jeans thing, it's kind of a Clarkson look, isn't he it, really? Wasn't, uh, he wasn't doing a Clarkson. He was well Blimey. and truly in a world of his own. Justin Dealey, thank you very much. We'll speak to you later on. Okay. Thank you, mate. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. When have you, That's a great story about that football club. When have you been let down by your mates? And um, the pregnant women... I just, am I being harsh here, Kels? You probably think I'm being harsh. What with you being seven months gone? <laughs> Sorry? It's yours. What? Well, I think uh, it's your own opinion and you're entitled to it. If you don't find wow. pregnant women attractive, that's up to you, isn't it? That's look at your vibe. Look at you trying to be the um, BBC producer. I know, wow. right? it's weird. It, it is weird, isn't yeah. it? It's weird. 08459 555. We're going to send... Um, oh, Paul Scoynes is going to go down to the M1 to have a look. Yes. I'm assuming he's going to make coffee before he goes. Uh hope so. Yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously the, the yeah, natural the order of things. Thing. You, you make the cough for the team, and then you go to the M1 to report on... Well, hang on a minute. Hang on. If he goes to the M1, he's just going to get stuck in the traffic jam. No. Oh. He'll go buy a bridge. What? He can over. He's going to buy it. a bridge? He'll, he'll buy a bridge yeah. off of the council, yep. and he'll stand on it and overlook the M1. Scoins is a genius. He's an evil genius. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can text as well. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Ever been let down by a friend? Um, uh, do you find pregnant women attractive? Am I being a little bit harsh on that? And come on, guys, there has to be, there has to be alien life out there, doesn't there? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, in the southbound M1 is now blocked because of this accident just before Junction 9, the Redbourne and Whipsnay turn off. Uh, a number of vehicles involving, involved in this accident, including a lorry on that southbound side. Queues start now at Junction 11. That's the turn for Dunstable, we can see on the speed sensors. In fact, the back of the queue, I say, is now north of Junction 11. A1M accident southbound at 10. We understand that's cleared. M25 anti-clockwise, slow 21 to 19, and then Junction 17 to 16 towards Maple Cross. And if you're heading into London on the Metropolitan Line, minor delays because of a track fault at Wembley Park. James Warley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, cracking stuff. Thank you, mate. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I'm not knocking pregnant women. I wouldn't. I just don't find them attractive. I, and I don't mean I find them ugly. I just... I, I'm, I'm digging myself a massive hole, aren't I? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio News at 7 o'clock. I'm Barry Caffrey. A freedom of information request by BBC Three Counties Radio has revealed taxi drivers with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences in beds, hearts and bucks. Earlier this year, the Mayor of Milton Keynes resigned after vouching for a man who had committed a series of violent rapes. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, says the offences are wide-ranging. A lot of those are for driving offences. You might expect that. They're taxi drivers, they drive around a lot, there's speeding, There's some of them are actually driving without licences, uh, driving under the influence. But there are others, so there are some like possession in Stevenage. They've got a, a driver who in 1998 served a nine-month sentence for possession of a drug intent to supply. Um, there's a lot of actual bodily harm, which is effectively serious mm. uh, violence offences. There are serious traffic problems on the M1 southbound this morning. All three lanes are closed between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's because of a multi-vehicle accident. The RNLI is to carry out a review into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half term at a beach in North Cornwall where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. They were among seven surfers who got into trouble in the sea at Morgan Porth near Newquay. The RNLI says lifeguards are on duty there from March to September. Our correspondent John Kay has sent this report from the scene. Although there were some large waves at the time of the incident, people here say sea conditions were not unusually rough when the surfers got into difficulty. A local man and woman in their 40s were pulled from the sea and later pronounced dead, along with another man in his 50s who's not thought to be from Cornwall. Four children, who are believed to have been with the adult surfers, managed to escape from the water. The Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Pro-Western parties dominated the country's first parliamentary election since his predecessor was overthrown. Three men accused of raiding a jeweller's in Milton Keynes will appear at Aylesbury Crown Court today. The trio from London and Wolverhampton are charged with conspiracy to burgle Leslie Davies' jewellers last week. They're also charged with a similar raid on several stores in August at a shopping centre in Watford. South Africa's football captain Senzo Meiwa has been shot dead during a burglary at a township near Johannesburg. Police said the goalkeeper, who was 27, was attacked when two armed men broke into a house he was visiting. 
In football, Chelsea were denied the chance to go six points clear at the top of the Premier League table after they were held to a one-all draw at Manchester United. Newcastle came from behind to beat Tottenham 2-1 at White Hart Lane and Everton have moved up to ninth in the table after a 3-1 win at Burnley. And the weather, any isolated mist patches this morning will soon clear, leaving a fine and dry day with long spells of sunshine developing. It will be breezy at times, but despite the breeze, it will still feel quite warm in the sunshine with maximum temperatures today of 18 Celsius. That's 64 Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'll be back with headlines at half seven. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Today I meet Kath Philby, author of Breast Cancer, A Journey Through Fear and Empowerment. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Sian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. While the cat's away, the mice will be running all over the shop. There's no Catherine, it's me and Kelly. And it's a shoddy mess and we love it. So this morning we'll be talking about, well, it's not just Milton Keynes that have got Dodge Pot taxi drivers. pregnant women attractive I'm not a fan and uh, alien life forms and the usual old kind of stuff if you want to get in touch you can 08459 455 555 across beds hearts and bucks this is BBC Three Counties Radio Ben is in Buckingham good morning Ben good morning what you got for us boss it's about pregnant women. Oh, yes. I think they are attractive. Why? Because whether they're pregnant or not, they're still attractive, whether they're pregnant as well. Well, well, the thing about when they're pregnant is... I'm looking at all of these models, right, in their bras and pants and their suzzies, right, and they're yeah. all pregnant... Now, normally, as a red-blooded gentleman, I should be going, Whoa! Hey! Quah! But instead I'm going, Ooh, that looks weird. Uh, it's just something I can't... It's women in underwear does look nice. Yeah, now, women in underwear does look nice, but doesn't the pregnant aspect of it just... It, it, it kind of... It desexualizes them, doesn't it? Not really, no. Do you prefer them non-pregnant or pregnant? Um. Either. Really? Yep. Gosh, you, you're, you're, you're happy for anything, aren't you? Yep. Hmm. Is it that... I, I think it's a genetic thing, right? Yep. Because we are programmed, Ben, as men. We are programmed to impregnate women, aren't we? Yep. That's, that's what we're put on the earth to do. If you boil it down to a basic uh, level, that's, that's our only purpose, is to make women pregnant. And when they're pregnant, then we don't have to fulfil that basic function anymore, do we? No. So they're not attractive, are they? Yeah. Oh, I thought I had you then, Ben. I, th- <laughs> I thought I was going to twist you round. No. No? Okay. What you got planned for the rest of the day, Ben? Not not too much. No? Going to be thinking about pregnant women? <laughs> Good lad. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now, an investigation by this programme has found that taxi drivers in the three counties with criminal convictions for violent assaults, carrying weapons uh, and even a threat to kill have been given uh, taxi licences. Uh, Earlier this year, Milton Keynes Council was found to have granted a licence to a man it knew had committed a series of horrific rapes in the 1990s. Well, many of the offences uncovered are historic. So is it right that people who've committed a crime in the past are given a second chance? Well, let's speak first of all to Mark Johnson, who's an ex-offender and founder of the ex-offender charity User Voice. Uh, Good morning to you, Mark. Morning. Should all ex-offenders be given a second chance? Um, I believe so, yes. <laughs> and um, I think the law sort of backs that up as well. And, and um, what, what I mean by that is, you know, people that commit a crime in society, um, we do two things. One is either se- send them away to prison for punishment, where they serve their sentence in a, in a sort of a small room. Um, then, then the other side of that is reform. Yeah, so it's two things, punishment and reform. Um, once somebody has served their sentence by the, by the court, they have served their punishment. They should be, and it, we need to, it's crucial that society invests in the successful reintegration of people who break the law afterwards. Um, if we don't, what, you're, what, you, what we're sort of talking about is like a life sentence by instalments through the stigma that's associated with being an ex-offender. Are, are there any exceptions? Because, uh, for example, the, the story in Milton Keynes has been uh, yeah. that a taxi driver who was convicted of a series of violent uh, uh, sexual offences, violent rapes, was given... Uh, a, a, a taxi licence. Now, he will be put in a position of um, uh, uh, potentially vulnerable driving, potentially vulnerable women around. It's not worth the, the, the risk, is it? Well, the, the, thing, the thing is, I mean, if somebody's been uh, committed a crime like that, they'll be given an appropriate sentence where uh, they'll be given a court order and maybe licence conditions on release where offender managers will manage the, the risk and if people deem him to be a low risk, then it's absolutely crucial that we, we should be allowing people the, to... The only way you find out is if, if you've got it wrong is if he attacks someone. Well, And that know, is quite end... a big risk to take, isn't it? But at the end of the day, we, we live with risk daily. You know, the, the large proportion of people that commit crimes like this um, are probably not, not known ever before. So how do we determine that, you know? Mark, stay there. I want to bring into the conversation uh, Heather Robbie, who's uh, Victim Supports Divisional Manager for Hertfordshire and Essex. Good morning to you, Heather. Good morning, Ian. What, what do you make of what you've just heard? Well, it's really interesting. I think, you know, Victim Support, we're an independent charity. We support victims of crime, you know, across the whole of UK and particularly in Hertfordshire. You know, I think, I think our victims that we support would be very concerned um, to hear that people who've committed violent crimes... Um, and I think, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, we've got lots of very vulnerable people in, in the community, and I think they would be very worried. I think, though, as, as Mark said, you know, it is about understanding the risk. I don't think the people that we support would want people to, I think Mark said, you know, serve a sentence for life. But I think it is about understanding the risks and making sure that people are safe. Uh, and do you think we have that assessment of the risks right at the moment, Heather? Is it, is it favoured too much in, in terms of the victim, favoured too much in terms of, of, of the criminal? I think you've talked about an instance where the risk management hasn't worked. 
Um, but I think, you know, in, in general, we need, we need to look to our authorities to have the appropriate processes in place to manage risks, you know, to understand the, the risks that we're putting in people in our community, but also to be um, giving people who've committed crimes a second chance. So it is, it is a balance, and, you know, sometimes we're going to get it wrong, and unfortunately when we do, um, there's a risk that people and victims of crime, you know, will be hurt. Um. Mark, have you, as an ex-offender, have you found it um, hard to... Uh, d- 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 are people's attitudes towards you when they find out you've been in prison always uh, a little bit suspicious? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've made some colossal achievements in my life, right, Post, post-criminality, yeah? Yeah. So I, I always call it the teachable moment, yeah, when, when I decided... You know, whether it's consequences or whether it's age or whether it's sort of social conditions that I really want to turn my life around. And when when I did, uh, I've made some really big sort of achievements for society. Yeah, so I work with uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of offenders um, in my rehabilitative years. But yet, I'm still labelled as an ex-offender. So if I went for a job um, tomorrow. Um, I would have to put down criminal convictions when my last criminal conviction was about 20 years ago. But that's only fair, though, isn't it, Mark? People, I mean, you made those choices. For whatever reason, you made those choices to, to commit... Yeah, the, it was a drugs offence, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, but you, listen, listen, yeah, but listen the, you know, the world isn't as black and white as people try to make it, yeah? Now, what, what that means, in this, in this country, a person can get a criminal conviction at 10 years old, and that, that conviction can stay with you for life. Now, there's all sorts of mitigating circumstances, and I'm not saying, um, you know, that people shouldn't be punished, or etc. In fact, I would probably punish, uh, have some sentences harsher, right? No, actually knowing some of the detail. But what, what, I'm, what I am saying is you have to, unless we want to bring back capital punishment or lock people up for longer, right, where we've got a vision of the future if we look over the Atlantic in America, where people are locked up for, was it what, one in 86 people in America are incarcerated for, and the sentences are a lot longer than this country, yet the reoffending figures are higher. So this is, a, this is the thing. Right, the victim support uh, person just talked about risk and managing the risk. Right, yeah. The public should be uh, should inquire, yeah, and I, I really strongly believe this more and more these days under this government. Inquire what happens to people when they get sentenced. What happens to people in the side of those four walls that nobody gets to see. To, to stop them committing the same offence on release. Okay, let me. I'm going yeah. to bring Heather. Heather, go on. What's your response to what Mark's saying? Oh, I think you know. In in a lot of respects, I would agree with Mark saying in terms of excuse me rehabilitation of offenders. I would go back to you know what our victims are looking for, and that is to feel safe. Um, to be able to carry on their daily life and to feel safe and that we as a as a, a an organization we as a, a local authorities um, need to make sure people are safe and certainly in terms of you know where there has been a, a violent crime um, there needs to be a risk assessment so that people do feel safe in going in taxis and and carrying on their life Heather, nice to talk to you, Heather Robbie, Victim Supports Divisional Manager for Hertfordshire and Essex, and also ex-offender Mark Johnson. Your thoughts, please, 08459 
555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Major problems for the M1 this morning. The southbound M1 towards London is blocked between junctions 10 and 9. Well, the accident that happened earlier just uh, after, uh, well, just before junction 9, uh, we've seen it on our speed sensors. Now the back of the queue already back to Toddington services and also long delays on the Luton Spur Road. Traffic trying to get out of Luton Airport, stationary according to our sensors, trying to get down onto the main carriageway of the uh, M1. The A1081, that's slow-moving on the westbound side and uh, also delays on the A5 through Dunstable building up southbound through Dunstable and then down past Markiate with those avoiding the M1 this morning. Northbound appears to be okay past the scene. There are problems seemingly on the A1M uh, between junctions 3 and 2. North and southbound very slow uh, approaching or midway between those two junctions. We're looking into that. If you have any updates do call us. And if you're on the M25 anti-clockwise very heavy from 21 to 19 round to towards the Watford exit, and then slow-moving all the way down from 19 towards uh, the Heathrow Terminal 4 uh, junction. That's because of an accident on the exit slip road. Onto the trains, generally a good service, although if you're using the Metropolitan Line into London, minor delays because of a faulty track at Wembley Park. James Worley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, boss. 7.16. It is Monday, the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A freedom of information request by BBC Three Counties Radio has revealed taxi drivers with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences in beds, hearts and bucks. Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. And the weather? Ah, it'll be all right. BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you ever had the urge to change the world? To swap your makeup for a paw print. To bake 50 fabulous fruitcakes. To wash 100 cars. To wear your pants outside your trousers. Any one of these things makes you a fundraising superhero. Proud to do anything in the name of raising money. So go on. Be a hero for BBC Children in Need. Sign up and pledge your allegiance. Go to bbc.co.uk slash pudsey. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're a fan of the St Albans football team, I didn't know they had one. Uh, then you'll know this. Uh, their lead goal scorer, I don't know his name. Uh, they were supposed to be playing uh, an FA Cup match this weekend, and he's their li- he's their star player. He gets five hundred quid a week, right? Plus goal bonus. Um, and they're they're about to start the game, and they get a text through going, "Yeah, sorry guys, can't make the game today. I'm off to Spain to watch another football match." When have you been let down by your mates? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Phil's in Windsor. Morning, Phil. Morning, Ian. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. When have you been let down by your mates? Uh, I was just saying to Kelly, so you always have some a group of mates, and yep. I think every bloke can relate to this, you always have a group of mates, and there's always one guy who always says, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, yeah, I'm there, and then he always lets you down the yep. day before. Yep. Text message, oh, there's a family emergency. I think that guy might be me. Oh, really? I think I'm that guy, yeah, because I always, I enjoy the excitement of planning something, and then when it comes close to it, I just can't be bothered. But, 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 but that's, that's, that's awful. <laughs> I, know, I know it's awful, Phil. Well, who's, who's your mate that lets you down and does this then? 
Oh, there's a couple. Oh. I, I'm happy to drop... Well, should I drop names? Yeah, first? go on. Give, give, it, give us their first names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one's called Pedro. Yay. <laughs> what? Pedro. Is that his real name? Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, he's... Um, he's uh, yeah, he's from South America. Okay, gosh, right, yeah. Um, and he's just... Um, yeah, he, uh, he he always lets us down for a night out, and he's he's actually a very good. Nu- he's a very good. He's a good laugh on a night out as well, which makes it even more. So amusing, why really. is he why is he always letting you down then? What's his what's his uh, reason? Um, maybe we're just not high enough in his uh, social food chain. Oh, do you reckon he's got better mates than you? And uh, he's planning to go out with Phil in Windsor, going to maybe pop over the bridge to Eton and go to Coat or something swanky like that. <laughs> but then his his better mates give him a better offer. Yeah, probably. Phil, yeah. thank I'm you. I'm a bit of a liability on a night out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you are, Phil, and I'm sure you've got a few tales to tell us. 08459 455 555. When have your mates let you down? Hey, British troops have formally ended their military operation in Afghanistan. Control of their last and largest base, Camp Bastion, was handed over to Afghan forces in a ceremony yesterday. Well, I'm joined now by the Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt. He's a former Foreign Office Minister who had responsibility for Afghanistan and the Middle East. Good morning, Alistair. Good morning, Ian. Was it a worthwhile cause? 453 British troops have died, a lot of money. Was it worth the effort? Well, it's a question that's going to be debated for a long time and depends on personal perspective and everything else. Uh, I'm sure all of us today, if we uh, had a loved one who was lost, we would feel incredibly sad about it and the question of being worth it would be very important. But I think in two or three particular respects, the answer to that is, is yes, it was worth the United Kingdom being involved. We went there originally to strip away the Taliban protection from al-Qaeda uh, and to go after al-Qaeda at the time uh, that British troops became involved. There were perhaps some 30 uh, al-Qaeda bases. Attacks had been launched on the west from there. There are none now, and uh, al-Qaeda was swept from the area. So on that measure, uh, we are more secure because of what we did. But secondly, and most importantly, you know, particularly when you compare Afghanistan with, say, Iraq, uh, the country has also moved forward. It, it's not perfect. It's not Switzerland. It's not a parish council. It won't be. The countries in that region are not going to develop uh, towards democracy in quite that way or at quite that pace. But what it does have is it does have a stable government. It does have elections. Uh, and, and particularly for uh, the position of women uh, who have seen uh, the opportunities for education, for health facilities, and with that greater economic stability so the country can actually develop something different and then become, uh, of course, more responsible for its own security, for its own people. These are important things in the region and important things for people who live there. And I think the United Kingdom can be very proud of its contribution. The Taliban isn't defeated, is it? Is there a danger that they could, you know, once we're out, they could uh, come back and, and get up to their mischief? It's immeasurably less strong than it was when it ran the government and ran the whole country. It does exist in pockets, that's true, and will continue to, will continue to do so. I mean, uh, countries in the region face insurgencies. India, for example, you know, the most populous democracy in the world, is still fighting two insurgencies within its, own, uh, within its own borders. So the fact that the Taliban will be there and will fight will be, uh, uh, will be one part of Afghanistan for years to come. That's why they have a security force. But it's not all Kandahar. It's not all Helmand. Uh, I went to provinces in Afghanistan which were peaceful, uh, where women uh, were involved in politics and leadership. In, in Banalan, there is a woman governor, uh, and where life is very different. Now, we have contributed to the stability 
of that country, the stability of that nation within the region. Uh, and that should, in time, make all of us uh, safer, uh, but also improve the quality of life for the people who are there. Can I ask, Alice, so when you go over there, as, as Foreign Office, office Minister, yeah. obviously you, you're very well protected. Yes, indeed. Do you not get a bit scared, though? Is there, is there part of you that thinks, blimey, I'm in Afghanistan? Uh, no, in all fairness, no, because uh, I'm dealing with people who are uh, out there on the streets um, all the time, and the risk they're taking is immeasurably mm. greater than mine. No, uh, ministers and others are well looked after. We're not taken to any place where there might be uh, some risk of, uh, of fighting. It would be you know, slightly foolhardy and full of bravado to say, well, I've landed in difficult places. Yes, I have, but uh, I have been well looked after. I've had uh, the odd bit of stuff thrown in my direction, rockets and things like that. But the, the 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 men and women who were out there, and the NGOs, and people who worked in difficult areas without very much protection, uh, uh, had much more risk. I remember in particular, I want to pay tribute this morning to a woman called Linda Norgrove, who uh, worked with Afghanistan women, particularly Afghanistan widows, to improve their situation. And she was tragically kidnapped and killed uh, three or four years ago. And I went to her funeral and met her parents and uh, there are many people mm. in the United Kingdom who have done that sort of work uh, and as well as the extraordinary contribution of the forces, we should think about those others who were there and what they have achieved and I don't think they think their time was not worth it. And, and finally, you mentioned Iraq, you know, we, we kind of uh, pulled out of, of Iraq, it was, it was sort of forced and we sort of went along with it but that's a real mess again. Is there not a danger that in a couple of years, you know, something similar to ISIL could be kicking off in Afghanistan? Well, nothing is ever impossible, but Afghanistan's position is different. Um, the, the mistakes made in Iraq to uh, uh, to, to what was called debathification, to pull out the central nervous system effectively of government, that hasn't been done in Afghanistan. It's a tribal society. There is a structure now where the tribes will continue to work with each other in a structure of government. We've recently seen the election of a new president. It shouldn't happen, but each of these societies are very different. Mm. I think there's a, a risk from, uh, from, from the West to look at them all as more or less the same. They're not. They're very different. They have uh, uh, different rivalries, but different aims and ambitions for themselves. There is a structure there that should enable uh, uh, politicians to work with the people of Afghanistan. But as we know from our own society, there are people who wish to disrupt us and change our way of life because they do not believe in what we believe in. And that they have gone from Afghanistan is not the case, absolutely not. And that's why we've trained up so many people in the Afghan security forces to protect their own people and fight for the things that they believe in. And strangely enough, they are very similar to ours. They want opportunities for their, for their children, they want good education, good health, and they want a chance of a living uh, which is not shrouded by fear. And our forces and our uh, development workers have helped to make that a better opportunity and more chance for Afghanistan than there would have been otherwise. Fascinating stuff. I really appreciate your perspective this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, very you very much, much. Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, former uh, Foreign Office Minister. Uh, interesting to hear what he's got to say. Well, let's go to Chris Nynham now, who's the Vice Chair of the Stop the War Coalition. Morning, Chris. Morning. So it was, it was all worthwhile. We did a good job over there. Well, um... I certainly don't recognise the picture that Alistair Burt paints, and I don't think anyone actually living in Afghanistan would either. Um, that was a piece of government spin, I'm afraid, and it's interesting that he didn't um, he didn't marshal one single piece of evidence for what he said in terms of actual facts. So, would you, in your opinion, are things better, the same, or worse as a result of our action? Well, not in. I mean, leave my opinion out for a moment. In the opinion of the United Nations um, reports, the situation is 
much worse than it was in 2001 on almost any index, whether it's the standard of health care, whether it's life expectancy, whether it's literacy, uh, whether it's um, diet, on all these kind of basic indications of standard of living and uh, and and life and so forth. Six the million. Six, the, the situation is much much worse. Six when, million people uh, in school. Three million of them girls. That's that's got to be good, isn't how it? How does that compare with what happened in two thousand and one? I mean, when Alistair Burt says the situation for women has improved, it is really quite shocking. Two years ago, the United Nations reported that Afghanistan was the most dangerous country in the world for women. I mean, you know, you you give us a statistic, but you have to compare it with what the situation was before. And as I say, according to the actual reports on the ground from the NGOs, things are much, much worse. He talks about the country as if it, as if it was moving towards peace. 4,000 Afghan soldiers have died this year in a war, which is essentially a war with the Taliban. I mean, where he gets the idea that somehow the Taliban have been massively weakened, the Taliban have made a huge comeback since 2006. And essentially, they've defeated the occupation. That's what's really happened. Um, and, uh, you know, as I say, the, the Afghan army are now fighting a, a civil war against the Taliban. And the argument that al-Qaeda have been um, defeated or overcome by the occupation, I mean, al-Qaeda have spread from Afghanistan and Pakistan in the period since the so-called war on terror started. They've spread from that region of Central Asia. Uh, across the Middle East, across large parts of Africa, in an arc that ranges for about two or three thousand miles. The, the, the war on terror has been a complete failure, even in its own terms. It certainly uh, created a catastrophe for the people of Iraq and the people of Afghanistan, but even in its narrow terms of dealing with the question of violence and jihadi groups, it's clearly a disaster. There's, there's jihadi groups have multiplied uh, massively since 2001, and of course we live in a much, much more dangerous place now than we did when the thing was launched, which is exactly what those of us who were in the anti-war movement and uh, those of us who opposed the war argued would happen. It has happened, uh, and it's very important that, that we don't take on board these, or we don't um, fall for the kind of propaganda coming from the likes of Alistair Burt because the danger is it will lead us, that kind of argument will lead us into further wars. You know, if there's, if there's a view that it, we were successful in Afghanistan, then that kind of um, clears the way for uh, further, further interventions. And that would be a disaster. We have to be very, very clear about the real history of what's happened in the last 13 years because otherwise we'll end up repeating it over and over again. Chris, I really appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thank you very much. Nice to get both sides of uh, the story there, different opinions. Chris Nynan, Vice Chair of the Stop the War Coalition. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 455 555. I guess the very simple question is, did we do good in Afghanistan? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The southbound M1 towards London obviously is down to two lanes on the approach to Junction 9 Redbourne. That's because of an accident involving several vehicles, including a lorry earlier on this morning. Two lanes, as I say, have reopened, uh, we've been uh, told by the highways agency, but uh, long queues we can see on our cameras and sensors from Toddington Services, I'd say, is where the back of the queue is. But uh, delays of well over an hour on the southbound M1. As a result, northbound is slow past the scene with everybody having a look. Really slow out of Luton Airport this morning, trying to get onto the M1, as you'd imagine, and 
long delays on alternative routes, including the A5 through Dunstable. Dunstable down towards Mark 8, uh, on and off, slow moving down towards Junction 9. Now there's an accident on the A1M northbound at Junction 2, Wellham Green. One lane's closed because of that accident. Queues from the M25 southbound past the scene is also slow. And long delays on the anti-clockwise M25 from 19 all the way down to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. It's because of an accident on the exit slip road. And the reminder delays finally on the Metropolitan Line into London. James Warley, BBC, Three Counters Radio. James, James, this is this, this M1 situation, how long is this yeah. going to go on for? I need, I need specific times. Can't tell you, Ian. Will it be um, clear by 9 o'clock? I think I was actually hoping that, but we're unsure. Mate, I've got it's half term, mate. I've got to, you've got to sort this out. I've got to get home. I've got to pick up the kids, and then I've got to yeah. take them to London to see a puppet show on a boat. You have got to sort this out by nine o'clock, James. Please do my best. Thank you very much, mate. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. After half past seven with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. The charity Victim Support has expressed concern that taxi drivers in beds, hearts and bucks with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences. Many of the convictions were for historic driving offences, but some were for far more serious, including violent attacks and carrying weapons like metal bars and knives. There are serious traffic problems on the M1 southbound this morning. All three lanes are closed between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's because of a multi-vehicle accident. Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. Four children were rescued. Police in Canada say the gunman who killed a soldier and stormed the Parliament building in Ottawa last week made a video of himself prior to the attack. They say it proves persuasive evidence that Michael Zihaf Bebo was driven by ideological and political motives. And the weather a fine and dry day ahead with plenty of sunshine and highs of 18 Celsius, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A stoppage time equaliser from Robin Van Persie denied Chelsea the chance to go six points clear at the top of the Premier League table as they were held to a one-all draw at Manchester United. Van Persie says United were the better side. Overall, we had more chances than them, but you have to score them. They have a great keeper, and we have a great keeper as well. So it was a bit up and down, but but, but overall, we had the more chances. So um, it was a bit frustrating to be yeah to be one 0 down. Newcastle came from a goal down to beat Tottenham 2-1 at White Hart Lane. Meanwhile, Burnley are still without a league win this season after losing 3-1 at home to Everton. On Saturday, Luton scored late on to win 1-0 against Northampton at Kenilworth Road. The win puts Luton top of League Two, but striker Luke Gutteridge said they won't get carried away. It's brilliant for the uh, for the football club and it's brilliant uh, for the fans, but as as uh, players and you know, I'm sure the manager now said, absolutely means absolutely nothing at the moment. We're in October. The uncapped Exeter pair of Henry Slade and Dave Ewers are among nine players who have been added to the England Rugby Union squad ahead of the November internationals. Meanwhile, in the Champions Cup yesterday, Harlequins beat Wasps, Leinster edged out Castra, Racing Metro beat Treviso, while Sale lost at Clermont-Averne. 
and in tennis Andy Murray saved five match points before beating Spain's Tommy Robredo in the final of the Valencia Open. Murray eventually won in three sets in a match that lasted nearly three and a half hours. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Scott, you just sent me a tweet. Is that a true story that you found? I can, I, he's... He said, someone has tweeted me a story that sounds so far-fetched, I'm not going to read it on the radio. Oh. Until he can... I I need to see the ev of where this story is, where this is from. Um, And and also, is the fella dead? Because if the fella's dead, it probably won't go there. But if he's alive and well, although it's the most bizarre sentence I've ever been sent in my life. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts is there. Hello. Claire's there. Yeah, and what time did you come in, Claire? Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, did, kind of matters. Kind of does when the show starts yeah. at six. And it was a little bit late. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're from Scotland. We don't mind. Oh <laughs> eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lots to talk about. Hey, how hey late have you been? <laughs> how late have you been? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We're also um, asking pregnant women: Are they sexy or not? There's a question. You see, Castaway. Wait, hang on. You're asking pregnant women if they're sexy or not? <laughs> no, we're, I'm asking: Are pregnant women sexy or not? And I don't think they are. And actually, I've, I've, I've realised it's not an offensive thing to say. It's a genetic thing. Hmm? It's a genetic thing, isn't it, Dave? Dave? Well, I thought you could say so, yeah. We are programmed to find women attractive, so we impregnate them. When they become pregnant, we no longer need to impregnate them, so that part of the brain is shut off. Well, that could, that could be the case, yeah, but I think some women can still look quite sexy when they're pregnant. Oh, they can do they, they can do themselves up a bit, but, you know, it's, um, it's, um, it's um, mutton, isn't it? <laughs> now, Dave, why? Listen, th- th- this is very exciting. Why, why have you called in today? Uh, because I'm a podcast only listener. Yeah. Mentioned last week about people calling in a podcast only listeners. Yep, that's correct. On the podcast, we put out a call. This has to go in the podcast now, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the podcast, we put out a call for people who are podcast-only listeners to call into the show at any time they wanted. Well, now you've called in, uh, Dave. We need to... And this is going to go in the podcast. This is in the podcast. Right. This is confusing. We need you to set a question for other podcast listeners to call into next week. Right. Oh, well, that's going to be uh, easy for me, isn't it? That hasn't put me on the spot. No, I know. I know. I know. Justin. Yes, boss. We, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying here? I get you totally, 100%. So Dave has called in because he heard us say on the podcast we want podcast-only listeners to call in. Mm-hmm. Well, he now needs to set a question for the podcast listeners who will be listening to this now on their buses or wherever, mm. so they can then call in next week. Very simple stuff. Come it, on. Very simple stuff, Dave. Yeah. Away you go. What question have you got? Right. I'll give it a go. It kind of relates to what Kelly said to me on the phone before. Just me what time it was in Cyprus. What time it was in Cyprus? Yeah, and at the time it was nine o'clock. Yeah. Which was two hours ahead of you. Yeah. So my question is, if you could go forward in the future, what would you do? If you could go... Hang on a minute. Well, say that again, because your, your phones in Cyprus are rubbish. If you could go... If you could do what? If you could travel forward in time yeah. to the future, two hours only... What would you do 
<laughs> Hang on a minute. So we're jumping forward. This is <laughs> That's a ridiculous question. You should be going back, not forward. Right, back's not an option, then, Dave. It's only forward. Only forward, because right. I'm ahead of you, aren't I? I'm in the future compared what to is you. The, what is the future like? <laughs> Have they discovered hovering cars in the next two hours? <laughs> so hang on, if well, you yeah, could go, if you, you go, yeah, right, yeah, if you can go forward in time two hours, what would you do? Yeah. I'd have. What would you do with that opportunity? I'd have breakfast. Right. Well, Dave, Dave, we'll put it out there. Thank you, Dave. It's Great question. Oh, bl- Actually, thinking about it, because you, you were talking about my coat this morning. It's ripped. Yeah. What I would do in two hours' time, by then, what, uh, it will be gone nine o'clock, the shops will be open, I can yeah. go and change my coat. OK, 08459 It's only for the podcast listeners, though. If you're listening to the show live now, don't. If you listen to the podcast now, you call in Monday to Friday between uh, six and nine. I would have asked, what time is it? Hmm. That's a good question for the podcasters. What time is it? It is. Give us a call. Anyway, uh, Justin. Mm. Cox. Yes. My mum absolutely loves Cox. She mm. loves Cox. Mm. I've gone off the fella. Why? Well, he's in the paper today. And he normally says, this is, uh, the, the universe is absolutely amazing. And all the stars have been here for billions and billions of years. And every single star in the universe is absolutely amazing. And I was in D-Ream. I wasn't the singer. I was uh, the guitarist, but now I find that stars are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Great impression. That's not a bad impression, very is it? Very good. You are wasted in that hot seat. I literally am wasted this morning, Just, but, yeah. you know, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> uh, He's saying aliens don't exist. I'm saying... Yeah. Pooey. Yeah. He's of course talking, they exist. He's talking absolute rubbish. Yep. Now, surely every single person believes that aliens exist. If we're here... That there's got to be life somewhere else, correct? He says this. There is only one advanced technological civilization in this galaxy, and it's amazing. And that's us. And we are so unique. We are absolutely amazing. You know what? His comments actually disgust me. When I get home later on, my <laughs> D-Ream CD is going to be ripped up and put in the bin. It's an absolute disgrace. You've taken it to the streets, fella. I have. And I have to say, Ian, um, I had some very, very weird answers. Uh, prepare for some madness here. I've been asking the question this morning do you think aliens exist? And here's what people had to say. Something might live out there. What, what and whatever. I don't know. But if they do, they do. You're looking up to the sky there. Are you seeing something I'm not seeing? I'm just looking at the weather. It uh, looks like it's going to rain. Morning. From Ian Lee's show. Do you, do you believe in aliens? Aliens. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe? No, no. Tom, nice sandwich there. What, what flavour's that? Chicken and bacon and sweet corn. Lovely. Um, do you believe in aliens? Yeah, I think they could be out there, but we're probably so far away from finding them, it's unreal. Like, if they were to come down, I reckon they'd look just like us, they'd just, just be normal. Yeah. You reckon they look normal? Well, up there they probably wouldn't, but they probably have the technology to make themselves transform into people like us. Ah, right, so on the way down they can press a button, so they would look like aliens, they'd probably be green, probably have about 25 different arms and legs, they could, they could press a special button on the way down and transform themselves into, into human beings. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much what they could do, or say there was even other aliens, they could probably transform into them, but vice versa. Here's Earl. Oh, are you the Duke of Earl? Um, of Luton, yes, I am. OK, now, now you come up to the radio car here yeah. and you said to me, are you still talking about aliens? Yes, we are talking about aliens. What's your thoughts? What would you like to say across beds, hearts and bucks right now? Right, OK, what I think is what we're standing on is a spaceship 
I call it the Starship Enterprise. At the moment, we're standing outside Iceland. It used to be B-Jams. Um, so are you telling me that uh, what we're standing on right now is a spaceship? Are you yes. honestly telling me that? Yes, because it flies at 66,000 miles an hour. Luton doesn't fly. It does. It's on, it's on a spaceship. I appreciate your time. Thanks for finding me, and uh, enjoy the day on the, uh, on the spaceship. I will. <laughs> and that fella, he, he's, he's walking the streets, is he? He was walking the streets. Flipping and egg. He actually came up to me. <laughs> he came up to me at 10 to 7 this morning. Uh, you were talking to me live. And he was standing in front of me. So if I was uh, talking slightly uncomfortably for a few minutes, that's yeah. why. Uh, yes, that man is out there. He firmly believes that we right now, and me standing here on the streets, I'm not standing on the streets, Ian. I'm standing on a spacecraft. Flipping egg. Wow. Flipping egg. I know. Uh, just, uh, you're going to take, uh, th- tell us again this story about the footballer, the St Albans guy, because I love this. Oh, th- this is such a great local story. Well, well, not if you're a, a St Albans fan, because uh, that their star striker, John Frendo, um, he couldn't play in their crucial FA Cup tie at the weekend. It was their largest crowd at home for an FA Cup game in 20 years. Had they have won that game, they would have been in the FA Cup first round draw this evening. So it was massive. Beautiful. Uh, almost a thousand people turned up, but uh, not him uh, because their star striker for uh, their biggest game in a long time was watching another game in Spain. Beautiful. He was watching Real Madrid versus Barcelona, the cheeky monkey. And are you allowed to do that? If you're a footballer and you play for a football team, you're allowed to just not turn up, are you, if you uh, are? No, no. I mean, every single player, whether it's non-league or whether you're one of the big teams, you, you've got to turn up because it's in your contract. You are playing for that particular club. Now, if let's just say there have been a death in the family, obviously there are exceptional circumstances, but to get on a flight and go and watch uh, this huge game in Spain, no, that's not exceptional yeah, circumstances. Yeah, I can't do the radio uh, tomorrow, Just, because yeah. I'm going off to America to listen to some radio in America. <laughs> exactly. That's how ridiculous it sounds. Can you take this to the streets? When have you yeah. been let down by a mate? Absolutely. God bless you, boss. Speak to you later. Cheers. Ta-ta. 08459 555. When have you been let down by a mate and are pregnant women attractive it sounds like i'm being horribly misogynistic and i don't i and I, I i i don't mean to be it's just one of those those things i i don't i don't quite it just doesn't work for me i'm sure all the pregnant women are going oh well never mind oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number let's get some trav Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. James, what you got for us? Apologies there, Ian. Yeah, let's start on the M1. Just checking the latest information. Uh, southbound two lanes are still closed on the approach to Junction 9 Redbourne because of the accident that happened earlier on this morning. Several vehicles, including a lorry, are involved. But as I say, two lanes are open. However, there are long queues from, well, just south of Junction 12. Back in the queue, I'd say, is just past Toddington Services. As a result, there are long delays northbound past the scene. Uh, the uh, Spur Road out of Luton Airport is very slow moving you can see on the speed sensors and it's also very slow through Dunstable on the A5 plenty of drivers using the A5 as an alternative route so on and off from past Houghton Regis down through Dunstable past Marquet towards the M1 that is slow moving on that stretch of the A5 uh, the A1M's partially blocked heading north at Wellham Green Junction 2 of course one lane's closed the left lane is shut with an accident queues from the M25 and it's slow southbound past the scene we can see uh, also problems on the M25 as well 
Meanwhile, anti-clockwise 23 to 22. That's uh, South Mims round to St Albans. Uh, a car's broken down. Left lane is shut. And then there are long queues on the M25 down towards 14. That's the Heathrow T4 exit because of an accident on the exit slip road. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you. I know that Paul Scoynes is uh, by the M1 now. Scoynes, what's happening? What can you see? Ian, I'm just above the accident. I'm on a bridge just above the uh, accident, just ahead of Junction 9 on the southbound carriageway. It is the outside two lanes which are blocked. So the uh, lorry has uh, has veered into the central reservation as well. There are a number of cars, I think three, four cars just ahead of it. doesn't look, uh, you know, the, the lorry driver is still in the vehicle, it would seem. There's, he seems OK. He's moving around, I can see. Uh, traffic is going past in the two lanes southbound. But as uh, James was saying, the... Uh, the number of people slowing down to look at the accident on the northbound carriageway, as I can see brake lights going on, and that's stretching right the way back down towards the M25. Uh, and indeed, heading south, indeed, as, as James was saying, very long delays coming up as far as Toddington as well. But once you get past the accident, it's flowing freely, and uh, indeed those two lanes are going past. I would say traffic's moving at around 40 miles an hour past the accident immediately. Uh, but indeed, I can see just people queuing back as far as the eye can see, back towards Luton and beyond. Paul, thank you very much indeed. Right. 7.47. It's Monday the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The charity Victim Support has expressed concern that taxi drivers in beds, hearts and bucks with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences to work. And the Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Here's the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, a lovely day ahead of us today. Lots of blue sky out there and plenty of sunny spells. We have got a southerly wind. That's going to be a little noticeable, but uh, still very mild indeed with temperatures reaching 18 degrees Celsius and a largely clear and dry night to follow. Lows between 11 and 14 degrees, so still very mild. And a similar day tomorrow, though it does become increasingly cloudy later on with temperatures up to about 18 degrees Celsius. Now, Wednesday is the blip of the week because we have a front pushing through so we'll have outbreaks of fairly light rain though uh, but the temperatures do dip a little then um, but Thursday they'll recover again and more in the way of cloud on Thursday and a wet day on Friday but still a very mild week for most of the week that's your latest forecast Tomorrow night is going to be an historical night in Milton Keynes Still going to Foby and Foby is in here It's the fourth round of the League Cup, uncharted territory for MK Dons. Great finish, game over, MK Dons 2, Bradford 0. They're facing a Sheffield United side who've knocked out Premier League opposition themselves this season. And Sheffield United win Alton Park, it's another bit of cup magic for Nigel Clough. Hear the build-up and the whole game live, uninterrupted, with Three County Sport. Tomorrow night from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, here we go. On Friday's show, we had a call from Ken in Sandy. He needed... He was going to jump out of an aeroplane um, for a charity skydive and he needed someone to drive him there because his lift had let him down. 
Well, we kind of let him on just to fill a bit of uh, airtime. We didn't expect anybody to call in, but Sam Sparks called in and volunteered. Well, what happened? Did they survive the journey? Or did... Ken, I, I heard you bottled it. No, no. What what actually happened was... Yes. What actually happened was... You bottled it. ...that uh, it was too windy, they cancelled it, no. and all the people were so disappointed. They had quite a few people there, and, of course, there were a lot of them that were doing it for your favourite uh, subject, which is dementia. Which yes. Which you mentioned last week. Yeah, yeah we Anyhow, did talk about it a lot. Now, this is what the position is. Yes. Um, I've given her a DVD of me doing the, sky, the skydive, the one I didn't do. Yes. And what? The information of why I was doing, why, why we were going to do the skydive, after discussions with the family last night, it's decided, yes, I will be doing one round about the third week in November. Right, hang on a second. Now, Sam is jo- joins, joins us as well. Morning, Sam. Good morning. Now, I, I want the honest truth. Did Ken bottle it? Absolutely not. Are you sure? Every- positive. What happened? I think he was more disappointed that I didn't work for BBC Three Counties. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, no, the weather just took a really bad turn for the worse. He went there, well prepared. I picked him up at half past six. We sat for three hours, and it didn't happen. But I have said I'll take him back. If I'm on a rest day, if I can, I'll take him. Are we allowed to say what you do, Sam? Yes. You're You're a copper. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't apologise. I just, I just think this is this is wonderful. You, 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 you heard Ken on the line on uh, on Friday. You phoned up within seconds, and I think it's cracking that you gave up your uh, your. It was Sunday, wasn't it? Your Sunday morning yeah. to take him down. What's he like? Because Ken calls us quite a lot. Is he a bit weird? He's lovely. Everybody needs a Ken in their life. He is amazing. He is just pushed by helping everybody else. Ken, tell us why you were why you were doing this this jump. Why it was so important to you. Well, I was doing it for Safa and the Nurses um, uh, Cabal Nurses Trust, and the reason I did it for, that, for those two charities that when my wife was alive and she was ill, those two charities were absolutely fantastic. So was the British Legion. But I've already done a, uh, a, a skydive last year for the British Legion at Poppy Appeal, and of course I did tell them it will be my last skydive, and you know, they all said. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> They're forcing you to do it. Ken, and, uh, Ken how down. old... How, I don't normally ask, but how old are you? I'm 77. Flipping that, mate. That's a bit, it's a bit dangerous, isn't it? In actual fact, when I was there, there were lots of young, you know, younger people, and I, I stood out a little bit, and I thought, oh, God. And then what I did do, I did go around and talk to people, and it seems so many people were doing it for dementia. So something must have happened. And the thing I have discovered yesterday was more ladies do it than gentlemen. Oh, excuse me? And, of course, the thing (laughs) is... And the thing is, I did did try and get one of your people to do it. Oh, no. But the the thing is this, they've still got a chance to do it. No, no. And it's only between 10 and 14,000 feet. Oh, is is that all? Oh, yeah, because you can't can't, um, uh, get splatted at 10,000 feet, can you? No, but one thing I would ask you, because everybody listens to you, I desperately, desperately need sponsorship. Okay. Because the thing is, there's so far, so far, I've only got £60. And what people were saying, we don't think you're going to do it. Okay, Ken, tell us how people sponsor you. 
What you do, you go onto the computer, onto um, Virgin Giving, Ken Lynch Skydiving. Ken Lynch Skydiving yeah. on Virgin Giving. Yeah, All right. you'll see it on there. And we, it's going to be changed in the next few days because it does say 26, but it's now going to say the end of November. Sam, you, you, I, I was reading your tweets. You, you were dead impressed with him, weren't you, Sam? Sorry. Oh, really impressed by him. I've put a link onto my Twitter feed as well to hopefully get people to sponsor him. Okay. Well, if you tweet, if you tweet that to me, Sam, I'll, I'll retweet that as well, and, and hopefully we'll get we'll get a few quid. Definitely. You're, Sam, you're a top sport, and uh, Ken, listen, bless you, brother, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, and if you can get me sponsorship, that would be absolutely wonderful. We, we'll see what we can do, Kenneth. Thank you very much indeed. Well, there you go. That's a nice story, isn't it? I love that. We put him on thinking, well, no one's really going to... Uh, I was really going to volunteer to um, to, to drive Ken to uh, do a skydive. Sam phoned up within seconds. Sam, one of our local bobbies, phoned up within seconds. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, my darling. Can I can I toss you out of an aeroplane, please? I'd rather you didn't. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, 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 I it doesn't. It doesn't. No, no, I don't. It does not appeal to I me. I can't do heights. I can't do heights, and I can't do jumping out of aeroplanes. It doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. No, mine. I think that would be on the last on my bucket list. I would rather. I'll write a check. Do, 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 it's, it's like yeah, people always say. Too. People always say to me, "Oh, you should run the marathon." No, oh, thanks. Yeah. I'll write a check. No, I'd rather write a check. Yeah. But two things. What's your beef? You must have the brains for a rocking horse. Sorry? <laughs> you must have the brains for a rocking horse. Um, can you explain or that rather insulting statement to me, please, then? Incredibly brave. Yep. Uh, do you think you'll be able to go home today? Well, uh, it, it, I have to, as it's half-term, and I'm taking the kids to see yeah, a puppet show on a boat. you just said pregnant women aren't in the least bit sexy. That's correct. Just, just wondering how Mrs Wright feels about that. Mrs Wright? Your wife. What, 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 Mrs Wright? Oh, Lee. Sorry, yeah, well, Lee. Because, of course, you're thinking of Ian Wright, the footballer. I've got yet. no idea no. how Mrs Wright would feel about it. Mrs no, Lee... But how does Mrs Lee feel about Mrs. it? Mrs Lee is very sexy now because she's not pregnant. Yeah, but people can be sexy no. now pregnant. No, they can't. The two are completely incompatible. The other thing I wanted to say... I'm glad I won that argument, yes? Well, you, I'm not sure you take you won it, but yeah. I'll let you off. Thank you. <laughs> As you're quite a nice boy most of the time. Stop flirting with me. I'm not flirting with you. I'm too old to flirt. I'm old enough to be your mother. Well, you know, there's, um... Let's move on. <laughs> move on. You were talking about the Athena posters. Oh, yeah. I wonder if you'd remember this one. Because I went out with, well, boys, young men when I was younger, and they all seemed to have... Do you remember that one with a girl? It was a, with her back to you. She had a tiny little white tennis dress on. Oh, yeah, the tennis girl scratching her bum. Yeah, yeah. scratching her bum. Yeah. Do you what? remember that one? I do remember that, yes. That was... That a, that... So many years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a long time. We're both very, very old. I, didn't they get her a couple of years ago, now that she's like an ancient woman, probably in her 50s or something, didn't they get her to, to reconstruct that pose and that photo? I think they've had other people doing it, same as they've had other people doing the Christine Keeler. I've got a picture. On the thing. I've got a picture from when I worked with him of uh, Ricky Gervais doing that. Oh, yeah. yeah, doing that with the wearing the tennis skirt and everything. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, I bet that was really unattractive. Thoroughly un- unpleasant. <laughs> Lynn, nice to talk to you. 
take care, my darling. Ta-ta, bye-bye. Keep off the fags if you can. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, lots to talk about. When have your mates let you down? Cracking story about the St Albans football player, their, their star player. Did, doesn't, didn't tell them he wasn't going to go and play for them. He kind of sent them a text saying, uh, yeah, sorry, can't make it today, guys. I'm off to, uh, to Spain to watch a proper football match. Kels, you got a text for us there you want to do? Yes, I have. It's about pregnant women. You think they're not sexy. Well, yeah, I know, but uh, you're making me sound like a horrible misogynist. I'm not. It's a genetic thing. We are not programmed to find pregnant women sexy. Our work there is done. It's basic science. This is um, your own opinion, which, of course, you're entitled to. Thanks. I think pregnant women can look sexy. Uh, so does Phil in Dunstable on the text. In Philip. fact, he says, I believe pregnant women are sexy. I like the way it curves the spine and makes the bum and boob stick out. Oh, flip it, Nick. He's <laughs> some kind of deviant. Maybe you two went to the same school. What? Huh? Beulah? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, long delays on the southbound M1 approaching Junction 9 for Redbourne. Now, the outside two lanes stay closed after the accident that happened earlier on this morning. It's taking well over an hour to uh, head down from uh, Junction 12 Toddington, so delays delays of over an hour from Junction 12 now. Northbound past the scene is very heavy. There are delays out of Luton Airport on the A1081 onto the Spur Road. Southbound A1081 towards Luton Hoos looking slow on the sensors. A5 southbound from Houghton Ridges all the way down to Mark Yate is stop-start. Building up now also on the London Road in towards Marquette. I've just spotted on the sensors this morning. A1M still delays northbound at 2 because of an accident. Southbound past the scene is slow moving. And the M25 anti-clockwise 23 to 22. A lane shut with a breakdown. And then anti-clockwise towards Heathrow Terminal 4. A junction 14 is slow. The exit slip rose part blocks. Queues from 18. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much indeed. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Are pregnant women attractive? When have your mates let you down? And come on, guys. What is Cox on about? Of course there is life on other planets. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. Investigation shows taxi drivers with criminal convictions are working in the three Crown Counties. Severe delays on the M1 southbound because of multi-vehicle accident and negotiations begin in Ukraine over whether to form a new coalition government. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Freedom of Information request by BBC Three Counties Radio has revealed taxi drivers with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences in beds, hearts and bucks. Many of the convictions were for historic driving offences, but some were far more serious offences, including violent attacks, carrying weapons like metal bars and knives, and in one case, a threat to kill another person. Mark Johnson is an ex-offender and founder of the ex-offender charity user voice. He says everyone deserves a second chance. Once somebody has served their sentence by the by the court, they have served their punishment. They should be and it, we need to, it's crucial that society invests in the successful reintegration of people who break the law afterwards. 
There are severe delays on the M1 southbound this morning. Two lanes are closed between Junction 10 Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne following an earlier multi-vehicle accident. Congestion is as far back as Junction 12 for Flitwick. Our reporter Paul Scoynes reports from a bridge overlooking the incident. I'm on a bridge just above the uh, accident, just ahead of Junction 9 on the southbound carriageway. It is the outside two lanes which are blocked. So the uh, lorry has uh, has veered into the central reservation as well. There are a number of cars, I think three, four cars just ahead of it. The RNLI is to carry out a review into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. They were among seven surfers who got into trouble in the sea at Morgan Porth near Newquay. The RNLI says lifeguards are on duty there from March to September. Nick Tisco is a professional surfer and owner of the surf club Cornwall, which runs surf lessons at Morgan Porth Beach. He says there is a need for more lifeguards cover well it's much more accessible now and uh, much more affordable for people to just buy a wetsuit buy a board or hire a board and and get out and do their own thing so i think now there's more call for it in the past it would have been more experienced surfers doing their own thing quietly and i think that now there are, there are more holiday makers from from inland towns that would like to get down and uh, have a go and yeah, it would be good if there was lifeguard cover to help keep them safe Three men accused of raiding a jewellers in Milton Keynes will appear at Aylesbury Crown Court today. The three from London and Wolverhampton are charged with conspiracy to burgle Leslie Davies' jewellers last week. They're also charged with a similar raid on several stores in August at a shopping centre in Watford. The Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Pro-Western parties dominated the country's first parliamentary election since his predecessor was overthrown. In football, Chelsea were denied the chance to go six points clear at the top of the Premier League table after they were held to a one-all draw at Manchester United. Newcastle came from behind to beat Tottenham 2-1 at White Hart Lane and Everton have moved up to ninth in the Premier League table after a 3-1 win at Burnley. And the weather, a fine and dry day ahead with plenty of sunshine and highs of 18 Celsius. That's 64 Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'll be back with headlines and a full sports bulletin at half past eight. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine, the JVS show with the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems from 12. Nick Coffer. Today I meet Kath Philby, author of Breast Cancer, a journey through fear and empowerment from three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories from six. Three counties sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We, I think we're doing all right considering... Kelly, I think we're doing all right considering that Catherine's not here this morning, don't you? There we go. <laughs> That's all it needed. That's all it needed. Uh, what's coming up? We'll talk more about taxi drivers, pregnant women, aliens. I mean, it's kind of one of those shows where pretty much anything goes. If you want to join in, and it can be about anything you want, really, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now, an investigation by this programme has found that taxi drivers in the three counties with criminal convictions for violent assaults, carrying weapons and even a threat to kill. Earlier this year, Milton Keynes Council was found to have granted a licence to a man it knew had committed a series of horrific rapes in the 1990s. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been looking into this and joins me now. Paul, what sorts of offence have, uh, have come up? Paul? Hmm? Paul? No, we've lost Paul. Kelly Betts, we'll find, we'll find Paul as soon as we can. Uh, but while we're getting Paul Scoynes up, we can talk to Tony Island, who's the man in charge of Luton Borough Council's licensing uh, team. Uh, good morning, uh, t- uh, Tony. How are you this morning? You're right. Good morning. Fine, thanks. And yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm discombobulated because we're in the wrong studio. So everything is. You've come on a, a slightly shoddier day than normal. Uh, now, Luton's policy is that you would normally refuse people who'd been convicted of a serious violent or sexual offence. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, uh, th- th- there's, there's one th- th- story that stands out from your figures. A, a gentleman, who, who, there was a threat to kill in 2011. The, the, the driver served a community order for 12 months. So when a driver with an offence like that applies, how do you check them? What what kind of things do you do? I think there's a slight disparity now between what happened in 2011 and what would happen now. Just come a little bit closer to the microphone. Sorry, thank you. Um, So basically in 2011, all matters if we felt that a driver was outside the policy, and it was a different policy then as well, um, then they would be referred to a panel, and the panel would obviously take all the matters into account, including um, whatever matters or uh, mitigation that the driver put forward to them at that hearing. Clearly officers would put that forward because it was outside the normal procedure, mm. or the normal policy. Um, but obviously, the panel are entitled to take a whole range of matters into account, and each case is considered on its own merit. You say procedures have changed. When did they change, and what, 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 how does it work now? What, what is, what's different? The uh, procedure for Luton Borough Council changed in April uh, 2013, where we went through a raft of different changes, including a new uh, fitness and convictions policy, to reflect the change in the law, taking into account things like restorative justice, a whole range of provisions, and also to make it clearer, because I think one of the things that we're getting back from the court was it needed to be the policy needed to be clearer. Uh, we also shifted from a panel decision uh, to an officer-led decision on the basis that actually um, we were looking to speed up the process for applicants. Sometimes they were having to wait nine months for a decision. Uh, which is clearly not acceptable mm. if you're just waiting to see whether you're going to have a licence to be able to undertake a job. So uh, that whole process is speeded up by uh, moving that to a procedural decision against what is a um, tight, you know, relatively tight policy. Is there a way... Uh, because one of the things we've discovered talking about this, this story, starting off with Milton Keynes, is that there is inconsistency across the country. Is there a, 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 a way that you can check with other authorities to find out if you know, the drivers are a little bit dodgy, or is it completely separate? It is completely separate, and I think one of the things is that we're looking at legislation that dates back to 1976, certainly with regards to private hire, which predominantly seems to be the issue that's being brought up in the media at the moment. Um, In 1976, it was very much a district-led licensing procedure. People would license in in a district, they would work in that district, the district would have control. Over the years and with technology, things have moved on. Therefore, um, companies are working across the country. You get national companies now. So you could have drivers in Newcastle coming down and picking up jobs in Luton or London, etc. And, of course, the powers are only contained within the district. So, actually, there are problems. So if we revoke a driver... 
um, then there is the opportunity, and we have seen it with our neighbouring authorities, where they fail then to disclose that they've had a licence and been revoked for that licence and apply somewhere else, and then we find them working back in Luton. Uh, Did the recent events in Milton Keynes prompt Luton to look at its application? Because there is the applications, because there is a review going on, isn't there? We are reviewing all the cases, and I think any authority now, given the situation, it's not just Milton Keynes, it's the issues in Rochdale, Rotherham, Manchester even, um, are looking back at those cases that have been referred to panels, Mm. or if they got through a different decision process, Um, and I'm sure that they will be doing the same as Luton is, actually making sure that we are confident with regards to the the safety of the public. If if you were confident that the system had worked perfectly, you wouldn't be doing the review, are you? Is is there some doubt that that maybe some people have, have slipped through that perhaps shouldn't have? I think given the issues that have been raised and given that, that obviously a lot of the uh, provisions for licensing we are, we are intelligence led so things like uh, I think in, previously in your programme you've mentioned about the disclosure from the police so if somebody gets arrested and they are a taxi driver I use the, the term in its broadest yeah. sense so either a hackney carriage driver or a private hire driver um, then we should be notified of that arrest well that only happens if the person says they're a licensed driver. Right. So I think it is reasonable to, uh, given the, all the information is coming back on these various reviews and reports, for any authority to now take the situation into account and to review those cases that have been to panel or even review those cases where you've got allegations or complaints, because mm. I think that's something that's something that the Susie Lamplew Trust have raised. Yeah, of course. When, um, when do you think the review will be completed and will those findings be made public? Um, firstly, yes, we will make the findings public. Um, I am expecting the review to take about three to four months. Okay. And uh, you, you conducted a snap inspection of licensed drivers last week. What, what came we out We did. That? that was to do with the, the safety of the vehicles. We did an operation called Operation Headlamp, which mm. working with the police and DWP. Um, we actually stopped 31 vehicles on Thursday night and called them in for uh, a brief inspection mm. um, and also check on the drivers. And did, did they all pass? Were there any? <laughs> we had quite a few that were suspended for minor items, such as tyres. And when I say tyres, that they were not below the legal limit. Yeah. We have a requirement as part of our licence conditions that they have to have a three mil dead depth on their tyre. Um, so some of them were suspended because they were low below our limit, mm. but not below the legal limit. Uh, things like lamps, dashboard lights, things like that. Th- some of those things that have come through recently on the new MOT inspections. We did have three more, what I would term, sort of term more serious issues. What were they? Where uh, three vehicles received prohibition notices. Um, two, where we ran this in they conjunction. Were, but they weren't roadworthy, is that what that means? Uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. What was wrong with them? We had to, uh, we did ran this in conjunction with Central Bedfordshire, so we had an officer from Central Bed- yeah. Bedfordshire with us. Um, two of the vehicles were Luton vehicles where they had problems with uh, steering and suspension. Gosh. Um, but as I say, these vehicles are, are used, some of them can cover 100,000 miles in a year, so yeah. whilst they're tested every six months, obviously things can go wrong. So they, they were picked up, and the Central Beds vehicle was found to have a structural defect, which was probably more concerning. So three out of 31, I'm trying to do the maths, that's... what yeah, 10%. 10%. It's not great. Of course it is. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's basic maths. <laughs> it's too early for me to... So, so it's, that's not a great hit rate, is it, really? Um, no, but these are spot checks. Yeah. So, oh, okay. you know, they weren't targeted for any particular reason. So it is just a, a test sample. Okay. Based on that, we will be going back to do other operations okay. in the future. I think we, we can get you now, Paul. Paul, we're talking for a, a broader picture, give us some of the offences that, that have come up across the three counties. 
in it's a real mixed picture i mean as, as tony suggests a lot of them are uh, driving offenses so we've seen sort of people who've not been driving with licenses or as uh, tony suggested not wearing a badge not displaying your identification but also the more serious ones if you look to milton Keynes, obviously they've had some uh, some bad cases there but we see offenses like harassment possession of offensive weapons blackmail where the uh, person in 2009 received a 15 month uh, sentence as well stevenage uh, drug possession using threatening abusive behaviour. One um, uh, driver in 2008 acted uh, falsely to suggest that he was a police officer. Um, we've seen other ones, uh, central beverage dishonesty. Uh, someone was jailed for nine months. And indeed, a lot of the uh, organisations, a lot of the authorities are saying that they take dishonesty as an offence very seriously because, of course, you are putting your faith when you get into a taxi driver in that individual. And, uh, and a, lot of the dri- a lot of the authorities make a specific reference to that in their, uh, in their conviction policy. They say that we take uh, uh, you know dishonesty they treat it in some instances as seriously as had you been convicted of a violent offense and indeed as tony sort of remarked there are uh, big discrepancies around the region uh, to, to to exactly what a uh, fit and proper driver is so mm. you could uh, be convicted of a, a sexual offence and get 10 years and then uh, of a violent offence uh, get 10 years in one authority uh, but then of course you would then in some other authorities have to wait just five years before you were eligible to uh, receive a licence and in one authority uh, which is Broxbourne you wouldn't be eligible to receive a licence full stop if you'd been convicted of an indecency offence which of course covers sexual offences too so real mixed picture Okay, Paul we have to, we have to end it there out of time just, uh, Tony one final thing you, you, the 31 cars uh, that, that were stopped. Uh, how many of those were taken off the road? Um, I think, well, taken off the road. The three, three were basically taken off the road. The rest were allowed to continue, okay. and they. I think so it's not true that eight. Because just Pat has texted in, and I, I, I'm just just seeing this at the bottom of the script now. Um, on Friday, this is Pat. Pat saying it was reported that 18 taxis out of 31 in Luton were taken off the road through faults. That, that's not correct. not taken off the road. Three were taken off the road. There were 18 that received suspensions, but most of those are resolved the following day once they've had their lamps, tyres, etc. resolved. Okay, brilliant, Tony. I appreciate you coming in this morning. Thank, Thank you, you very much indeed. Oh, Eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Long delays on the southbound M1 this morning, approaching Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's all because of an accident still blocking the outside two lanes uh, we can see on the cameras and sensors. And there's a queue from Junction 12 now. That's the turn for Flittick. Uh, speed sensor suggests it's taking well over an hour and a half to do that stretch of the M1. Uh, as a result, there are delays on alternative routes, including the A5. It's taking about 45 minutes to get down from, well, south of Milton Keynes to, uh, should, should I say, south of uh, Great Brickhill, rather, towards Markiate, on and off, slow moving down the A5. Long delays also to the east of Luton. Traffic trying to head out of Luton Airport onto the A1081 and then onto the Spur Road. Very slow on the sensors. And then southbound A1081 towards Luton, who is also slow moving. Moving on to the A1M, we've had reports of a swan on the A1M near to Junction 9. That's Letchworth. Uh, it's fairly heavy southbound. I just spotted on the sensors, which suggests it's on that southbound side. The usual congestion past Stevenage on the A1M. Southbound at 2, still quite heavy because of the accidents earlier. And problems on the M25. Anti-clockwise, 23 to 22. That's South Mims to London Coney. One lane's blocks with a breakdown. Queues from 24, passes bar. And long delays down towards Junction 
14 for Heathrow because of an accident on the exit slip road. Cues from 18. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. Scoins, you can see the M1. What's it looking like now? Well, the uh, recovery vehicles have arrived now, Ian, and a couple of uh, cars are being loaded onto those. All of the drivers seem to be up and about walking around. In fact, one just drove his car slightly towards the uh, one of the recovery vehicles. So uh, I haven't seen any ambulances here this morning, so thankfully I don't think anybody's hurt or at least seriously hurt. Um, the queues, though, are, as James said, backing right up uh, as far as the eye can see towards Junction 10 and beyond. And indeed, going northbound, as he says, the, 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 you know, the cars are slowing down to look at the... Uh, the accident is going past and on some of the other minor routes as well if you're heading south out of Luton that's a very long journey too towards Harpenden and in reverse as well on the A5 I've had a quick journey around so it is pretty bad um, uh, but traffic is passing once you get past the accident the roads are open Thank you very much Scoynes am I going to be able to get home pick up my boys and take them to London to see a, th- a play on a boat? Yeah mate I'm going to give you a secret route that only I know so Beautiful don't what is it? Uh, it's just around the back of uh, Kinsborn Green. Excellent stuff, thank you. Oh no, hang on, everyone's going to know it now. Stupid scoins, silly scoins. 8.17, it's Monday the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation by this programme has found taxi drivers in the Three Counties with criminal convictions of violent assaults, carrying weapons and even a threat to kill. Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. And the weather? It'll be all right. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't like it, Jonathan. Why not? What's wrong with my luxury studio? Well, have you seen the state of this floor? That's not me. No, that's not me. Look at those crumbs. That's not me. Everything's a bit weird. It sounds weird. Your screen's a little bit wobbly. I've got no idea what that's doing there. The vibe, it's dark. It's just, it's not working for me. I know, I reject it. Oh. I'm making a formal rejection of your studio. Why are you in my studio? My luxury studio. Uh, we were trying to find if you had any food. No, my studio was all—it was all weird this morning. It was all phasing. It sounded like some kind of seventies prog rock oh. record. So um, we abandoned that and we came in here. Oh well, welcome. Uh, welcome, but uh, you don't want to come back. I hope they get it fixed. Oh god, and so do you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're like when someone's been sleeping in your bed. Uh, yeah, well, I, will, I will have to come in here and give the whole place a little <laughs> flick around with the dust. <laughs> Little spritz. I normally come in early in the morning so I can just tidy the studio because well, I can't work in filth. Last week I saw you on the desk messing around with the lights, getting well, the lights in there. Some wally at the weekend. I mean, I don't know what these people do at the weekend. Some oh. wally decided to rearrange my lighting. Yes, yeah, outrageous behaviour. No one could see my pretty face. Where is your pretty face? I still can't. Now, come on. Uh, What's on your show this morning, boss? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, do you agree with Alastair Burt that it was worth us being in Afghanistan? Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alastair Burt, has told your programme this morning that our time fighting in Afghanistan was worthwhile. He says that the country is better than it was 13 years ago with a weaker Taliban, less threat from al-Qaeda, elections and more education for women. As our military involvement in the country has come to a close, David Cameron tweeted, We'll always remember the courage of those who served on our behalf. 453 service personnel have died in Afghanistan. And the question I'm asking this morning is, do you agree with Alistair Burt that it was worth us being in Afghanistan? 
From nine this morning, I'd love your call with your opinion. 08459 455 555. Do you agree with Alistair Burt that it was worth us being in Afghanistan? You finished? I'll tell you why. Because you, why? you just did the, the, the kind of raise in tone of voice there that, that made it sound like you were going to take that further. But just to clarify, you actually finished then? Finished. Thank you. You sure? Promise. Shrink wrapped every Sunday from one. Can we firstly start by talking about what dementia actually is? Mm. Dementia itself is not an illness, but it's more a descriptive umbrella term. Shrink wrapped. He was a pilot prior to this. He just didn't want to be on his own anywhere and he wouldn't go out very much. So once you are diagnosed, what other help is out there for people? Even sometimes I struggle to find information and it's just a constant battle for everybody all the time. Shrink Wrapped, every Sunday from one on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC. There's me saying, uh, you know, don't leave coffee cups in the studio. I've got three coffee cups on the go. I don't think I'll be able to take them all out. Jonathan, I've got to f- I may have to leave some in here. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. You're right, Just. Hey, good morning, Princess. It, is it you? Because you do your show in here on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Is it you that messes around with the lights? Uh, no, it's not me, actually. I found that studio to be uh, not very good on Saturday. Um, oh. I don't know who's been in that studio messing around, but um, not quite the same vibe for me in Studio 1A inside Three Counties Towers. Well, if it's not you, mm. Priva. Yeah, it could be Priva. It's, it's Priva, the Priva. The problem is a Priva. He comes in once a week and he walks in the building and he thinks he's it. He makes all these comments on air. He messes the studio up. Then he goes home. Yeah. Well, he's. I mean, in fair play to Priva, it is his job to make all these comments on air. He's, he's a presenter, so yeah. Yeah. if he didn't make all these comments on air, mm. then you know he wouldn't get paid. So um, okay, okay, you can't you can't hold that against him. Jess. No, no, I won't do. I won't do. Morning, okay. Dave. Now. It's a weird vibe when you're in somebody else's studio. It doesn't feel right, does no, it? it doesn't. It's like, it's like um, sleeping in another man's bed. Well, do you know, I'm going to say something right now, and this may well shock you. Wow. I don't like staying in other people's homes, and I've never liked doing it, and I'll do everything I possibly can to avoid it, because for me, it just doesn't feel right. Dealey, mm. it doesn't shock me. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I will drive home at three o'clock in the morning yep. for two and a half hours rather than sleep in somebody else's house. I mm. hate it. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely hate it and I, I, I pref- I'm kind of getting okay with hotels now just by because, but if there's a chance to get home and sleep in my own bed I will do that yeah every single year my family has a huge charity event uh, this year it was at Loose and Who and uh, the room was part of the deal so I wasn't paying for the room beautiful and uh, mum said to me the room's there for you I said I don't want to stay there oh. why not it's a five star luxury hotel because I like to be in my own space my own room do you did you what, the, what I would have done in that because uh, in that situation, I would have driven home, mm. then driven back in the morning for the hotel buffet breakfast. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to do, but my mum, she stopped me from doing oh, that. Your mum is a right pain in the backside. I know, but a good dinner, though. A good dinner maker. Yeah, that's well, it's mum's, isn't it? Mm. Um, right, anyway, pregnant women. Yeah. There's, uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, there's been a lingerie uh, show, a fashion show... They're all pregnant women. They're all in what are supposedly sexy pants and sexy bras, wearing yeah. their suzzies and their high heels. Don't work for me. I think it's. I think it's awful. I think it's. Imagine, right? Yeah. You're one of those babies inside one of them mums, right? Yep. Yep. And then 15 years later, you bring your girlfriend home or your boyfriend, mm-hmm. 
and your mum gets out that picture, you yeah. say, oh, flip it. Everyone's <laughs> going, oh, your mum's well fit, isn't it? Yeah, I'm the baby that's in that belly. Very true. It's and disgusting. you're not getting paid for that, probably. No. Is that, is that going into a trust fund for you I as a child think, inside? I don't think that the babies do get paid for it. No. 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 Uh, I have to say, I, I'm not with you on this one. I find pregnant ladies quite attractive. Um, I have been taking this one to the streets. Can pregnant women ever be sexy? And uh, just to warn listeners, I, I know it's half term this week, but you may have a, a few children at home. Towards the end, it gets, let's just say, um, uh, edgy. So um, here's, yeah, uh, here's what happened when I've been uh, asking people on the streets this morning, do you find pregnant women sexy? Sure they can be sexy. They're probably the most sexiest women in the world, pregnant women. Why? They're voluptuous and their skin's as soft as it normally could be for the whole of their life, so it's probably the best time to be at your most sexiest. Wow, the way you're selling this to me. Uh, are you a voiceover artist? <laughs> <laughs> you should be. I mean, do you think he needs to shut up this morning? I think he certainly needs to shut up or get someone pregnant and feel for himself. Well, he has got two children, to be fair. Then he uh, and he said well, when his wife was pregnant, nah, he wanted to make her a cup of tea instead of doing anything else. Well, she's with the wrong man, then. I'll pass the feedback on. Please do. It's getting a bit orcs now. Thanks very much. Take care. I don't see why not. If you're able to get her pregnant, then you must be able to, you know, enjoy her while she's like that. I appreciate her as she is. I think they are sexy because it's a natural thing. They need to get over it because it's because men can't get pregnant, but girls are the ones that are holding their babies for them. So girls are sexy. Girls, when they're pregnant, they are sexy. So you think he's got a beef because he will never be able to, to carry a child himself? Yes. Yes. Okay, um, yeah. Tell me your experience. Tell me your story. Um, because my wife was pregnant, I found her really sexy. <laughs> really. Even more sexy than normal? Uh, it was different, yeah, because, uh, because you can't have sex every day, isn't it? So you get more time away from her, so you feel more sexy yourself and your wife as well. Wow. You're right out there. I always say when I go on the streets, the best thing to do is to be honest. And you've certainly been honest, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. He was very honest, wasn't he? Very honest indeed, yeah. Uh, the thing is, she said, oh, yeah, it's, it's natural to be pregnant. Yeah, it's natural to have a cold. It's natural to have <laughs> Ebola. They're, they're not sexy, are they? No, no, th- those things aren't sexy, no, no. But I do think pregnant women, again, I haven't got anybody pregnant, so I've not got, got that to experience just yet. I'm sure that's going to come in the future. But Carla Connor, Coronation Street. Oh, for goodness Double sakes. episode this evening. When she was pregnant, she's a very attractive woman. When she was pregnant, oh, she was absolutely... Absolutely smoking hot. She was stunning. There's another story. It's like a pregnant um, uh, special on page 13 of The Sun, right? <laughs> Crocodile Bundy. Yeah. Right. Mum-to-be Martha Rivera wrestles an alligator at seven months pregnant. <laughs> she sits on its back and in one scary stunt even kisses the giant beast on the mouth. Wow. Martha... A volunteer at Everglades Outpost in Florida, in America, said, You can't get me off them, but I'm due in six weeks. That's nuts, isn't it? Riding a crocodile when you've only got six weeks until you give birth. That woman needs a medal. She is brave. I, well, no, she doesn't need a medal. She needs a slap. And as soon as that kid is born, <laughs> it should be taken off her and put in care. She you, does sound crazy. You can't ride... You, you should, first of all, you should never be riding an alligator. Mm-hmm. That's insane, particularly not when you're pregnant. Yeah. Strange, strange behaviour. Justin, we'll speak to you before the end of the show. Thank yeah, you, mate. Cheers, See you later. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I don't. I try not to sound laddish and all misogynistic. You know, I, 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 I'm a nice guy.
girls. Um, I'm a good guy. Uh, yeah. Huh? But just the, the the pregnant women thing, it you know, it, it really. I, hey, I, I'm glad. What that, about Holly Willoughby? What about Holly Willoughby? When she's pregnant, do you think she's less attractive? Yes. Than when she's preg- not pregnant. Yes. Yes, I do. Who's your favourite woman that you quite like in the public eye? Oh, okay. And this is a good one. This is a good one. Yeah. Um, Sarah Beanie, who is always pregnant. And you like her? When she's not pregnant. So it's like a real hot, cold thing for Sarah Beanie, the property lady, property ladder lady. When she's pregnant, uh, when she's not pregnant, ooh. Why? What's the difference? Well, one is she's got a baby in her, and the other, she doesn't. You know what pregnant means, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, still long delays on the southbound M1. Two lanes are still closed at Junction 9, just before Junction 9, Redbourne, after the accident that happened earlier on this morning. It's the outside two lanes that stay shut for the recovery of the vehicles involved. Back of the queue is at Junction 12, Flitting. It's taking well over an hour and a half to get through that queue. Northbound past the scene of the accident is still quite heavy, although I think easing. Long delays on alternative routes, including the A5, on and off southbound slow from Hockliffe, down through Dunstable and Markiate. The, the uh, east of Luton is especially badly affected. Heading out of Luton Airport on the A1081. That's barely moving down towards the M1, although the slip road onto the spur road is now open. It was closed earlier on this morning. Moving on to the A1M, we had reports earlier of a swan near to Letchworth. Uh, I think it's southbound because it's quite slow now on the speed sensors. Southbound passing Stevenage, usual delays there on the A1M. And the M25, anti clockwise is slow, 24 Potters Bar round towards 22 London Coney because of a breakdown. And it's uh, still queuing down towards junction 14 for Heathrow after an accident earlier. Well over an hour, uh, the queue there from Junction 19, the Watford exit. And if you're on the M40, slow out of London and southbound as well because of congestion on the M25. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines at half past eight. I'm Barry Caffrey. A freedom of information request by BBC Three Counties Radio has revealed taxi drivers with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences in beds, hearts and bucks. Many of the convictions were for historic driving offences, but some were for far more serious offences, including violent attacks, carrying weapons like metal bars and knives, and in one case, a threat to kill another person. Sea Rescue Services say a review will look into whether lifeguards should work during the autumn half-term at a beach in North Cornwall, where a woman and two men died while surfing yesterday. Four children were rescued. The Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Pro-Western parties dominated the country's first parliamentary election since his predecessor was overthrown. And the weather a fine and dry day ahead with plenty of sunshine and highs of 18 Celsius. That's 64 Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal says he's not pleased with the one-all draw against Chelsea despite seeing his side equalise in stoppage time. Robin van Persie levelled for the home side after Didier Drogba opened the scoring with a second half header. 
Tottenham manager Mauricio Pochettino says his players have not got the right mentality after losing 2-1 at home to Newcastle. The defeat is Tottenham's third at home in the league so far this season and Pochettino bemoaned his side's lack of concentration in the defeat to Alan Pardew's side. You need to play 95 minutes football and it was crazy. In the beginning, the second half, concede the goal, how we concede. It's a very, 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 very disappointing, very difficult to accept. Elsewhere, Burnley are still without a league win this season after losing 3-1 at home to Everton. On Saturday, Luton scored late on to win 1-0 against Northampton at Kenilworth Road. The win puts Luton top of League Two, but striker Luke Gotteridge said they won't get carried away. It's brilliant for the uh, for the football club and it's brilliant uh, for the fans. But as as uh, players and you know, I'm sure the manager now said, absolutely, means absolutely nothing at the moment. We're in October. In rugby, England head coach Stuart Lancaster has added Exeter trio Dave Ewers, Henry Slade and Thomas Waldrum, as well as six others, to his squad for the upcoming Autumn Internationals. Meanwhile, there were wins for Harlequins, Leinster, Racing Metro and Clermont Avern in the European Rugby Champions Cup yesterday. In tennis, Andy Murray's quest to reach the end of season World Tour finals has re- received a boost after he beat Tommy Robredo in three sets to win the Valencia Open. Murray is now fifth in the standings with ninth, good enough to qualify. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle's not here. Kelly's here. Hello. Claire's here. Claire, speak. Hello. There we go, you see? You have to tell her, otherwise she doesn't do it. I know, I know. You have to tell her to get up and come into work as well. <laughs> Sorry, what? No. no, yeah, it's no, not saying anything. Uh, what are we talking about this morning, Carlos? Pregnant women, you don't think they're sexy. Correct. Aliens, you think they're sexy and you, real. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows how sexy aliens are? They, they could be very sexy. We just don't know. But they definitely exist. We could be the aliens. Sorry? We could be the aliens. Well, no, we're not. We're humans, mate. Yeah, but to other people. Well, no, to other people, we're still people. To other planets. Yeah, well, we would be. So, and we're real. Exactly. So your point is... I don't know. Okay. Sometimes I just like to say things. 08459 455 555. Isn't it weird? Uh, We always thought we didn't need Kath. And I think we've proved that. I never thought that. No, you said it, though. No, I haven't. Oh, mate, don't leave me hanging on this one. It's not my fault if you hate her. But um, it's, it's been a weird show without her, hasn't it? Yeah, for we'll get be- reasons. By the end of the week, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Dennis is on the line. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. We're, we've not got many calls, so you're welcome. I know you call me. Sorry? Somebody called me. Yeah, but you rang us first. I only just to point out the fact you were talking about spaceships. Yes. And I said we're already on a spaceship. Are we? Well, what's that then? Earth, you great nana. Well, it's not a spaceship, mate. It's a planet. No, it isn't. It's out into space. It's, it's a spaceship. No, it's not a spaceship, mate. It's a planet. How do you know what a spaceship looks like? Because I've seen Battlestar Galactica in the <laughs> Star Treks. <laughs> well, they're all big things, big round things like the Earth. This yeah. is a planet. Are you completely bonkers? No, it's a spaceship. It's Who's... something through space. All right, mate. We're on it. All right, mate. And incidentally, no, alien. Hang on, shut up. I believe shut in up. aliens. Yeah, shut up. I know, I'm speaking to one now. If this is a spaceship, here we go, this will pwn him. Who's driving it? Huh? 
It's, it's self-driven. It oh, thinks goodness, for itself. Goodness sakes. Are you absolutely nuts? No, I'm not. But I wanted to say to you, I believe in aliens because I married the daughter of one. Les Germain, thank you very much indeed. 08459 So who do we call when the engine's down? And also, if we're spaceship, we're going on a really rubbish um, space flight path. We're just going around the sun in, a, in an ellipse. Proper spaceship with lasers and stuff. I watched a cracking film with the boys yesterday. Brilliant film, and the kids. There were bits where they got really scared. It was quite scary, bits of it. But and I kept saying, "Oh, do you want me to stop it?" And they're going, "Yeah." And I went, "I was enjoying it so much. I was like, let's just get past this scary bit, and then we'll see." Wreck It Ralph. Have you seen Wreck It Ralph? No. Oh, mate, it's brilliant. He's a computer game, but like an old-fashioned computer game from the eighties, caught up in a twenty-first century world. That sounds actually good. What is it? A kids' film? Yeah. But I thoroughly reckon I was get because it's all about the, the like eighties video games, which is duh, my world. Um, are you still there, Dennis? Oh, it, we are a spaceship. Turns out we're in the engine room of the spaceship. Um, but but yeah, it's it's for kids. But I I loved it. It was brilliant. That's good. Okay, we got literally no calls. I could. Um Clarion, let your buzzer come No, we're not that desperate. I'll, I'll, let me know if anybody, if we've got any texts or anything like that, let me know. Until then, I'll just talk, shall I? Yeah. Fine. Hey, here's how we beat um, um, uh, dementia. Last week, it was being good with words and eating walnuts. All right. This week, cup of cocoa. Oh, for goodness sakes, the Daily Express. How dare you put this stuff on the front page? That's obviously guff. How to beat memory loss. New study proves cup of cocoa can boost the brain. Drinking a hot cup of cocoa at bedtime could be the key to beating memory loss. Could it? Really? I suspect not, guys. Health-boosting flavanols. Ah, the old health-boosting flavanols, eh? From the cocoa bean have been found to give 60-year-olds the memory of a 30-year-old. What on earth does that mean? What is the memory of a 30-year-old? Experts say this is the first direct evidence that memory loss can be dramatically improved by a simple change of diet. It means, and here's the bullshine claim, guys. Here's, here's where we uh, enter the, uh, the realms of nonsense. It means that people settling down with a cup of cocoa as the winter nights draw in could be helping stave off devastating dementia. They could be helping to stave off devastating dementia. I'm allergic to uh, hot chocolate. I thought you were going to say dementia. No, well, I, I think we're all allergic to dementia in many, many ways. It, 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 it will happen to, to many of us. Uh, but hot chocolate, it makes I'm allergic to it. Are you allergic to cold chocolate? Nope. Milk chocolate milkshakes? Um, it makes me feel queer. Ha- mm. It does make me feel a bit queer, the old... Um, the, I remember once downing a, a pint of Mars milk. Hmm. Oh, flippin' egg. I feel terrible afterwards. I wonder what it is in there that you're allergic to. Maybe the chocolate. But then... But you can have chocolate normally. I can have chocolate normally, yeah. So... So, obviously, the chocolate, when it's mixed with a liquid, has, um, has, um, has um, an effect on it. I once had an allergic reaction to mouthwash. And what happened? Um, I looked like a balloon for a bit. Really? Yeah. Hey, um, that fella died, didn't he? Which one? Jack Bruce. Yeah. You don't know who Jack Bruce is? I know that he was 71. 
<laughs> How can you know the age of the man who died but not know who the man was? Just went, no, he's a bassist in something. Oh, man alive. I bet oh, we I've forgotten what it was. I bet we haven't got any of the, his music. Uh, hang on a second. Who, what was he in again? Let me have a little look. C R E A M. Oh, Cram? <laughs> yeah, it was a, the bassist <laughs> in Steve Cram. Oh, Cream. Cream. <laughs> Uh, we haven't got none, unfortunately. There's a surprise. There's a surprise. I could get you some if you really want some. Yeah, we've got 20 minutes Whipped. to fill. Anyway, rock star Ginger Baker paid tribute yesterday to his cream bandmate, Jack Bruce, who, was, who died at 71. And yet Eric Clapton still powers on. Still going. He's still going on. And, and Eric Clapton's the one that took all the drugs. He did all the drugs and the booze, and he's still around with a slow hand. We've only got uh, five minutes to fill, actually, if that helps. Well, then what, what's happening for the last 15 minutes? Got Dealey. Hey, we got some Dealey bands. Uh, mate's letting you down. Oh, fantastic. Why is he talking about that? Because there is a brilliant story about the St Albans footballer, their star player. I didn't even know they had a football team. And it's weird, isn't it, that everywhere's got a football team, even rubbish places. Not saying St Albans rubbish. Uh, let's say Slough. Slough is rubbish. It's got a football team. Well, what's the point of that? They're never going to win the World Cup, are they? So you kind of think, you know, guys, let's, we might as well just not have a football team. Yet they still persevere. Anyway, the star player from the St Albans football team um, gets 500 quid a week, plus goal bonus. I wouldn't mind. I'd do that for football. Sorry? <laughs> I said gold bonus. <laughs> Although I'm sure he does enjoy it when he gets a goal. But I would play football for 500 quid a week. Um, and uh, he, he was going to play this, this uh, FA Cup match. And he didn't because his girlfriend had bought him tickets to go to, to Spain, I think it was, to see another football match. And he sent them a text saying, yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Uh, won't be able to come. I'm at another football match. That's gonna. That's gonna be. Uh, that's gonna hurt, isn't it? There's a fella in the papers. Sorry. Hmm? What? There's a fella in the. Hello. No, it's Ian. <laughs> doing the radio show, Claire. What's your beef? Huh? I said I'm doing the radio show. Sorry. Sorry. She says sorry. I would love to watch you play football. I'd be flipping brilliant at football. The, the football would look like a ping pong ball to you. <laughs> it would look like a football. No, it wouldn't. You're really up there. <laughs> Revealed how England plotted to kidnap Nessie. The Loch Ness Monster doesn't exist. We know that. That's a fact, OK? That's just that's a made-up story to get people to go to a really boring part of a really boring country, OK? That's what that's for. Really cold, inhospitable place that is Scotland. That imagine that an even imagine the most coldest, most inhospitablest place of a really cold, inhospitable country. That's Loch Ness within Scotland. Okay. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Of all the tales about the Loch Ness monster, it must be one of the most unlikely: an English plot to kidnap the beast and display its carcass in London. People were so dumb in the olden days. But back in the 1930s, the Scots feared that such a thing was all too possible, according to newly revealed papers, and fought to ensure she stayed north. She doesn't exist! It's not real! It's a bit of wood! At best! If it did exist... Gold bonus. It would be dead by now, right? Well, well, how do you know? Just imagining. Well, no, it didn't exist. No, you're playing into their, into the Scotch hands. It didn't exist ever. So there's no thing about it would be dead, it would be... It, it, it didn't exist! Go bonus. The Scottish open uh, the Scottish yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. the Scottish office opened. There's a Scottish office. 
Just one? <laughs> the Scottish office opened a file on Nessie in December 1933 after being bombarded with inquiries from the press following several sightings that year. And similar files have also been found at the Natural History Museum in London with the contents describing Scotland's fears that Nessie should not be allowed to find its last resting place in, in England. It's not real! Okay. It's not real! It's a myth! It was made... It's not even a myth! It was made up by the Scottish Tourist Boards. Because they had nothing better to do because it's Scotland and the Edinburgh Festival hadn't been invented at that point. So they needed to invent something. They're thinking, OK, we're not going to have the Edinburgh Festival for another 50 years. So what we're going to do is... OK. OK. What we're going to do is we're going to invent a monster. You could do Skyrish. <laughs> oh, man. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Where is he? I don't know. Oh. I think he's doing BBC Kent. He puts them before us. How rude. So no. What do we do? Um. It's important travel this time because is. the M1 is completely knackered. So I think we allow him to overrun with Kent. OK. And then as soon as he dials in, we can go to him. Okay. Or we can go to uh, lovely Georgina on weather first. Well, no, no, now you're messing with the formula, mate, because I've got to do the... No- here he comes, here he comes. Here he is, here he is. There he is, here he is, here he is. James, he is. over to you, brother. Thanks, in The M1 still down to two lanes southbound, approaching Junction 9, Redbourne. All because of the accident that happened earlier on this morning. Recovery work continues. There's a long queue from Junction 12, taking well over an hour and a half, our speed sensor suggests, on the southbound M1 this morning. Uh, in fact, I'd say almost two hours now from just south of uh, uh, Junction 13. If you're heading on to the A5 as a result, or to try and avoid those queues, well, that's really slow uh, looking at the speed sensors from south of, uh, well, north of Dunstable, all the way down past Markgate towards the uh, M1 at Junction 9. Uh, delays away from Luton Airport on the A10 81 onto the Spur Road. And if you're heading on to the M25 this morning, well, anti-clockwise, long queues from uh, Junction 18 all the way down to 14, the Heathrow exit because of an accident earlier. That's causing queues on the M40, especially southbound. A1M, various spots slow moving, including southbound at Junction 7, Letchworth. Now, we have reports of... Uh, Swan on the carriageway earlier. That could be the reason for those delays. Southbound passing Stevenage is slow, quite busy still down towards the M25, mainly because of an accident earlier on. And East Coast uh, delays of 10 minutes being reported into King's Cross uh, because of poor rail conditions at Potter's Bar. That's also affecting Great Northern. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 8.47, it's Monday the 27th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The charity Victim Support has expressed concern that taxi drivers in beds, hearts and bucks with serious criminal convictions have been granted licences to work. The Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko will begin negotiations today to try to form a new coalition government. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we've got a really lovely day today ahead of us, so lots of sunny spells around. Southerly winds, and they're going to be fairly noticeable, but still, that's what's bringing us all this lovely warm weather from the continent. So we are looking at temperatures reaching the high teens, probably getting to about 18 degrees Celsius. And tonight, we've got a largely clear and dry night with lows between 11 and 14 degrees, so staying quite mild. And a similar day tomorrow, although it does become increasingly 
increasingly cloudy later on, but we're still looking at those highs very similar to today. Now, Wednesday, we've got outbreaks of light rain as the front pushes through, and the temperatures dip just a touch, but it's still going to be above the average for this time of year. And Thursday, a little bit of cloud around, but uh, staying warm and a wet day on Friday. But really, the whole week is looking very mild for the end of October. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from three. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, sort of 40% loss in value of their properties. Has Kevin Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much my carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes? Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair to target people on benefits. Weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ram. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, thank you, boss. What you got for us? Uh, I've just heard a conversation while driving that uh, people cannot be aliens, uh, but sometimes people are called aliens. Oh. You know where? Where? So I was working in uh, United States of America some time back, actually, so, uh, so I had a work visa there. Yeah. So when you have a work visa or like any type of visa, I think so, you'd be called as an alien visitor. Oh, so you were an alien, Ram? Yeah, I was an alien visitor to America. What What did it feel like being an alien? It felt weird. Yeah, you liked it? Eh, there was, there was no uh, exclusivity around that. There were so many other alien visitors, no. so... Yeah. I just thought, like, I'll chime in because I heard you saying that, you know, people cannot be aliens. You, you're right. People can be aliens, yeah. actually. You, you di- uh, uh, and you didn't have a laser gun or anything like that, did you? I thought of buying one. Wow. Uh, Ram, you're a lunatic. <laughs> Ram, do you believe that there are, there are little green men out there? I don't think so. Oh. Unless if you have some disease. I didn't hear what you said, but I'm going to go with it. Thank you very much, Ram. Women in underwear does look nice. All right, then, calm down, calm down. Justin! (laughs) Oh, boss, I'm currently sitting here in the radio car eating a banana long, (laughs) listening to Ram. It doesn't get much better than this. Unfortunately, it doesn't, and I can only apologise. I don't like bananas. Why? Because they're only ripe for about 20 minutes. True, very, very true. They're either too hard or Mm. they're they're black and mouldy. Yep. And uh, so I'm not prepared to take that risk. I've wasted too much of my life... Mm. On uh, bananas um, that, uh, that, that are inappropriate to eat. Ben, ben what, what do you think? Do you, do you like bananas? Women in underwear just look nice. Wasn't the question, Ben. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Kelly, are you all right? You look a little bit grumpy. I am not in a bedroom. All right, I'm just asking. Wow. Blimey. It's all kicking off this morning. Isn't it, Just? What yeah. you got for us, Just? Well, um, you've been talking this morning about... Uh, I'm just tidying up the studio, because I'm in, I'm in Jonathan Vernon Smith's studio, and he'll be oh, in wow. soon. Yeah. And so I don't want to leave it... If I leave it in a state... Well, you heard the, the hissy fit you through this morning, so I'm yeah. just trying to... You know what he's like. Oh, oh, like. By the way, has yeah. anybody actually phoned in? We were on the streets earlier on talking about aliens. Um, yeah. Somebody claimed that uh, we were standing uh, on a spacecraft, mm. even though we were outside B-Jams, now Iceland. Uh, he claims. <laughs> he claims. <laughs> My first ever job was B-Jams. <laughs> Great place. Oh, I used to love it, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he claimed. The amount that, of food um, I nicked from there. Sorry, what? You you stole, really? You'd want to steal that food? Yeah, well, because I was, I was 15 and it was, it was a challenge. Mm, then you moved on. Yeah, exactly. Moved up in the world. Um, yeah, no, this man claimed that uh, we were standing on a spacecraft. Yeah. Has anybody actually phoned in this morning who claims to have seen an alien? If so, what did that alien look like?
like. Well, I, the, the second question is redundant, Justin, because the answer to the first question is no. Although Dennis in Dunstable called in, to, he agrees that we're on a spaceship. I said we're not. <laughs> we're on. A, we're on a planet. Yeah. There is a very, very big difference betwixt the two. Very odd. Very, very well, old. He's, he's an old man. I think he's, um, you know, he's on his way out. Bless him. Yeah. Um, so this time, I've been on the streets talking about this uh, St Albans player, John Friendo. By the way, John, if you are listening, yeah. um, we would love to hear from oh, you either on this programme or, or the sports programme later. This programme. Yes. Uh, he's um, a player for St Albans, and instead of playing in their crucial FA Cup game crucial. at the weekend... Massive. Crucial. Um, he was nowhere to be seen. Almost a 1,000 people turned up. Uh, he's their star striker. And, no, he wasn't at the game. He was in Spain watching Real Madrid versus Barcelona. The cheeky monkey. Um, So you've been asking this morning, have your friends ever let you down? Most people I've spoken to have got very good friends, which is nice. But uh, here's a couple of brief stories when people's friends have let them down. Women in underwear just look nice. Ben! So when, when was the last time your friends let you down? Oh, two days ago. Two days ago. Really? What happened? Uh, he owed me money, my friend of mine. How much? <laughs> Come on, tell me. Two hundred pounds. And what was that for? I loaned it to him. And he still hasn't paid you back? Nope. What's his name? Ah, I can't say that. Come on. Come on, you can say that. Samson. Samson, if you're listening. Pay me back. Two hundred pounds. You need that by when? Uh, today. Well, Pay the message back. is out there. Hopefully, he'll. Uh, He'll uh, take note, and that money will go back into your bank account by close of play today. Oh, that one. Cheers. If that happens, I want 10%. <laughs> so, when was the last time one of your good friends let you down? Saturday. Wow. What happened? Um, he was late to pick me up. How late? Half an hour. And where were you? I was at home. How did it make you feel? Let down. Uh, a bit disappointed, but these things happen. How long is it going to take you to, to properly get over this? I'm over it already. Don't sound like you are. It's Monday morning, so not in the best of moods. We prefer to be in bed. Fair enough. Thanks very much. Cheers. Had you two had a bust-up before you did that? Because it sounded very, very tense, Just. It was very, very tense. Sometimes, you know, I, I say this, you're in the comfort of, of well... The JVS Luxury Studio, <laughs> as he calls it this morning. Um, yeah, um, your other studio is much better. But but when you're in your studio, you don't realise sometimes when you're on the streets, it can be quite tense. People on the way to work um, haven't really got a lot of time. So, yes, it can be quite uncomfortable, and that was certainly one of those moments. You're, 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 but you, and you are quite an aggressive interviewer. Well, not really. Well... Not unless I'm looking for a particular answer, which is, which is in there somewhere. <laughs> you don't manipulate them into giving you the answer that you want, do you? No, no. No, not, not people on the street. I'm talking about uh, people in positions of power, let's say. Okay. W- when that happens, yes, I can be quite an awkward customer, but I'm only doing my job. Are you taking your jacket back today, Just? Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you Thanks. very much. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye. I-, I only just heard... You know this UKIP Calypso? I only heard this for the first time at the weekend. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was it was rubbish. Yeah. Have you, Kells, have you heard, have you heard the UKIP Calypso? Sorry, hello. Have you heard the UKIP? I only heard it the weekend. Oh, the song? No, I haven't. No, it's not no. as bad as I thought it was going to be. He's not like doing a chalky voice, is he? You know, the Jim Davidson chalky. It's, it's kind of... I mean, it's, it's rubbish. Mm. And, the, you know, the steel drums, they're obviously done by a Bon Tempe or something. But I, I, I was expecting it to be, a you know, a full-on... I'm not even, I nearly did the voice myself then. But it, it's just got a slight Caribbean lilt to it. I mean, it, it's rubbish. It's not particularly offensive or anything. Number 44 in the hit parade. Is it? Yeah, it, yeah, oh. it is. Hey, if they could do it, we could probably do one. We could probably get a song in the charts. I've, I've already got one. Go on. You know the words. Oh, yeah. It's, it's 
Christmas time. La 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 la. Christmas hey, it nearly is Christmas time. Really la 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 la. It's less than two months now till Christmas Eve. It's less than two months till Christmas. What am I talking about? It's the twenty seventh. There's some people out there who have already bought Christmas presents. Well, uh, so, uh, what? I've already bought Christmas presents. Your mic's that over there. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that amplifies your voice. I've bought four. But why? Because it's only two paydays till Christmas. Hey. So I'm just really clever. I'll obviously have to dock your pay oh. for coming in. <laughs> Like I can't really today, hear you. Today, that's okay. I'm saying wonderful things about you. Oh, that's you. good. Yeah, Thank we're going to dock your pay because you came in late today. Was, uh... I like what you're doing. You're smiling, so yeah. it looks like you're saying something nice. But actually, I'm being horrific. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, no, yeah, some people have done. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow if people have started their Christmas shopping. Some people. Friday was supposed to be the busiest day for Christmas shopping. What? It, yeah, I know, last Friday, because everyone was going to go out and do it then. I'll do it all, on, uh, all online. Yeah. <laughs> Is that JVS creeping in? <laughs> you try to sneak in quietly. <laughs> you didn't have to mention. That. Well, no, I, I, I had the to magic of radio. I had to mention what that big stomping noise was. It was you sneaking in all quietly. You haven't seen me. <laughs> That's the weirdest walk. It doesn't make him any more silent either. <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway, the UKIP tune is at number 44 in the hit parade. He's doing it. What are you doing now? I've got lots of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you know, just bring it in. Make as much noise. Why does he have to bend down and walk? (laughs) I don't understand. I mean, do you want to take over? People can see him anyway. How do you want to do this? I don't know. How do you want to do it? Because we've got so much to do. Do you want the paper? Do you want to keep the papers in here or should I take no, them no, I, no, I don't want those. Well, then let's have a... I'll move the papers over here. You having this clear up now on air? Just to oh, clarify, Ian is presenting in Jonathan's studio this morning due to technical problems and now they're going to try and swap over live on air. Right, I'm going to log out of here. Oh, I don't, I don't you... Who's pressing the buttons up to nine? Oh, well, I don't... Uh... Oh, no, now I've gone deaf. Have you? Yeah, you've just made me go deaf. Oh. That's better, thank you. Oh. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. (laughs) This is, I believe, what they call a handover. We are doing a handover. You could go to travel. Is he there this time? Yeah. Okay, well, well, let's do that then. I don't think anyone's noticed. I don't think anyone's noticed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Long delays on the southbound M1 this morning, approaching Junction 9, Redbourne. It's because of the accident that happened earlier this morning. The outside two lanes stay closed for recovery, and there's a long queue from before Junction 12. Uh, that's the Toddington and Flittig exit. Uh, it's taking well over an hour and a half to do that stretch of the M1, nearly two hours, our speed sensors suggest. And alternative routes also bearing the brunt, the A5 on and off, slow southbound from Hockliffe down to Markiate. Delays east of Luton on the A1081, heading out of Luton Airport the M1 and also delays down to Harpenden on that southbound A1081 with drivers avoiding the motorway. Southbound A1 towards Blackcat is slow. A1M southbound is slow towards uh, Letchworth at Junction 10 we've seen on the speed sensors. Just getting word of an accident in Ware on Holly Cross Road between Woodbury Hill and Capel Lane we're told. And on the M25 anti-clockwise is slow. 19 Watford down towards 15 for the M4 because of an accident earlier. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. Okay, we're going to make this work as best as we can so no, I'm going to press this. There we go. I'm going to thank my team. I'm going to thank Claire and Kelly and <coughs> Justin. Oh. Um, oh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
I will be back. Am I on now? Oh, for crying out loud, you absolute plum, Jonathan. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. Do I ride the fader here? You don't need to. It's all set. My luxury desk does it for me. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Coming up on this morning's big phone-in. No, no, no. You've got a button to press. Sorry. Do you agree 